welcome to Witch Police uh, Radio, episode number four. This uh, this week's theme is drugs, and um, I don't know about you guys. I'm Sam, by the way. I'm here with... Uh, hey, gang. John here. I'm Rob. And uh, this week, I kind of found that um, I had a lot of choices for music. Some of the other yeah. themes were a little bit harder to, to find songs, but the drugs seem to be a pretty prevalent one. So. Yeah, some of them, it's not vague, but like more far-reaching. I think there's a lot yeah. of influence of drugs and music makes it... Yeah. Almost harder to choose for sure. So yeah. I mean, we're we're stuck, kind of stuck with the format we're doing now. Well, it's stuck, but we're doing three songs each, and that uh, was a little difficult. But I think we've I think we found some good ones. It's good that so. it's difficult, though. You know, you need to. Yeah, it's good. It makes you make some hard decisions. On which ones you, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to start it off again. Um, first song I'm going to play is by Ray Charles. It's uh, called "Let's Go Get Stoned," which I think kind of figures in with the it's the bill the drug theme pretty well. And uh, I got some stuff to say about it, but we'll, we'll listen to the song first, and then we can talk about it. Here goes Ray Charles, let's go get stoned. Drugs. So that was uh, Ray Charles. Let's go get stoned. And um, we're on the drugs episode. This is Witch Police Radio. And yeah, that was I uh, thought it would be a good way to kick off um, kick you, off the show. Do you think when he's uh, playing that song, he feels the water like uh, around his feet? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much that movie was actually. Uh, 
I mean, it's pretty actually similar to some of the stuff in the movie to his autobiography, but... Yeah, interestingly, um, his autobiography is called Brother Ray. It's very... I would recommend it. I know this is like the book club on the show. I keep <laughs> books every time, but... Um, he, he just... On the drugs theme, he... Um, he was... Well, he's dead now, right? But he was he was very a big supporter of legalizing all drugs. Really? Like, I mean, he was a big heroin addict, right? Yeah. And he his whole thing was like... Um, if I want to do it in the privacy of my own home, why is it anyone else's business? Like, I mean, I'm not hurting anyway. I'm hurting myself. Why do you guys need to get involved? And the thing is, you're actually hurting people more so by keeping it illegal because the the drug trade is, yeah. is what's Black really market. hurting people. So, I mean, that was a... But, but, I mean, for a guy like Ray Charles, who I think to a lot of people, he's just kind of like the guy from those Pepsi commercials. You know, he's like... You know what I mean? He's like this harmless old man, blind, right? Like, it's kind of a... A shocking thing. People who don't know much about him. Well, I got to admit, before I saw the movie, I really had no idea he was a heroin addict. Well, there you go, right? Like, I mean, yeah. and that's the thing. So you read his autobiography. If you were someone who just knew him from from kind of you know pop culture before the movie came out, that it's kind of shocking. And this this all this song actually, it's a cover by the Coaster. It was written by the Coasters, and he he recorded it the next year and had a hit with it. And he recorded it like immediately after getting out of rehab for heroin. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of ironic, interesting. Yeah. Like I mean, I mean, he like relapsed a bunch of times. I don't know if it was after this or not, but I just thought it was funny that you know. Well, like it's after um, singing that every night, yeah, it's like, he like, well, he didn't do it until after. He didn't do it until after he got like he didn't record it until after he got out of rehab. Yeah, yeah, but you said he relapsed, right? Oh, a bunch of times. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so yeah. probably after that, yeah, <laughs> didn't help. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big, big Ray Charles fan. I think he's probably one of my favorite singers, um, just ever. Like I mean, he's, I love his voice. Um, I like his original music. I like what he does with covers like that one. I haven't heard the original. I, I, I mean, I have. I listened to it today on YouTube because I hadn't heard it before. But um, he's just, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a big, big Ray Charles fan. Yeah, I didn't really know that about the drugs until seeing the uh, the movie either. And um, it's probably like that with a lot of people back then when things like media were different and like things were much yeah. more hush-hush. Oh, you know, for sure. No, but he was, he was busted in, keeping... some, in some pretty big, like, high-profile... Oh, okay. I guess it was, stuff, yeah, so. it was another, I think it was a couple more, decades yeah. <laughs> before yeah. our time. Yeah, oh, way, yeah, way before, yeah. But I don't know, like, he's, uh, I, did, I really like what he does with the song. Like, the original's not too far off from that, but he just kind of, uh, he, he means it, you know? <laughs> yes. There you get that, uh, I was actually listening to, um, speaking of people who are into drugs and Drake Charles doing <laughs> covers, um, like he does this, he, you know, Johnny Cash used to have a TV show, right? Back in the 70s, mm-hmm. it was like the Johnny Cash show or whatever. And yeah. Ray Charles did an appearance on there and he covered, um, Ring of Fire. Have you heard this? No. He just destroyed it. It's so good. Like, <laughs> wow. he turns it into something completely. And Johnny Cash is right there. Like, introducing I'm guessing it's yeah, coming just, up tempo. Uh, so no, it's, it's really, really like slow burning, like, oh, like, really? like sultry kind of. He just, it's awesome. He, he it's absolutely It's, it's funny because that song came on the radio the other day. And obviously, I've heard that song a million yeah. times, the Johnny Cash version. Yeah. And it's, it, it's like, I was thinking about how big a star he was. And about how th- those lyrics are really dark. It's a really dark song. Yeah. But well, Char- Ray Charles does a dark version. Right, but John- Johnny Cash's version is really upbeat and it's mariachi he's, horns. He's, and stuff yeah, like singing yeah. it happily. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. was his a wife real wrote it, right? far. You know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And rambling. His on. wife yeah. wrote the song, like I think before she was married to him or something. So. Oh uh, okay. But I don't know if it's about him. I don't know. I'm not I guess sure. all, all his songs are kind of like that. Like even like yep. I shot a man in Reno. Hey, woo. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, you know, he's got... Yeah, I know what you mean, though. Even the really, really dark stuff is kind of like... Yeah. There's, there's a bit of a hokey kind of hillbilly style to it, which is, I guess, what the style of music he played, right? But, yeah. Paul Simon's music always struck me as music that has, like, a really dark undertone, but is kind of yeah, a... Yeah, but kind of like... Simon's more melancholy in general, though. You can kind of... Yeah. Like, yeah. you hear it, you know? Like, but even his, up-temp- his up-tempo, upbeat songs mean, yeah. still have, like... A, well, the lyrics are still pretty yeah. negative. 
I don't know. I think Johnny Cash. I mean, I know we're kind of going off topic from Ray Charles here a little bit, but Johnny Cash when he was older, it was more kind of right out there with the dark stuff. Like he did some oh, yeah. really, really dark. Like he, he did like he did like a Soundgarden cover and stuff, right? Like speaking of which, I heard a new Soundgarden album today. Is it any good? Sounds like a Soundgarden album. If I had never heard Soundgarden before, I would have liked it. But knowing, I'm listening to it and yeah. I'm just like, this is not as good as yeah, Bad Motor. You know, like. Well, that whole thing he did when he was doing stuff with Timbaland, it was like, it's it's just, it's like, smacked of, like, desperation. Like, yeah. This is way better than, I mean, it's, it's way better than that. It sounds sure like it Soundgarden, is. but I'm it's sure just, it is, it's not. It's just, I think I kind of lost a lot of respect. Yeah, you just know it's Chris Cornell, instead of just being, this is the guy from Soundgarden, it's like, oh, yeah. it's that guy who did, the, like, the shitty James Bond theme song, and, like, Who's just, who just trying to, like, grasp at straws. Yeah, to retain fame, yeah. And, yeah. Like, yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a good that's a good Rachel. Yeah, that was, song. I just figured that would be a good start way yeah. to start it off. It's kind of a, a little mellower too than some of the other stuff I wanted to play. But I'm not sure what you guys have. I mean, I've heard uh, you give me a bit of a heads up, but uh, I guess John. Has yeah. So I'll that. go next. I'm John, and uh, I'm gonna play a song by Ganja Sufi called Stardustin. It's more. It's really recent. I think in the last two or three years, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I remember hearing about this guy, but I don't know. Yeah, name. and I like this album. It's pretty interesting, um, and I don't know too much about him. I thought Rob wanted to say something. I don't know that much about his background or. Well, I was gonna ask you because I actually didn't know who that was. You sent me because you sent me the song you're gonna play, and I I listened to it. and I'd never heard of the guy. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah, read, someone introduced he's, he's me like, to this person. He, he's and... like a hippie from California. Yeah, I read reviews of his albums, but that's like really another than this song that you like sent us. How many songs and, does he have with Jack Johnson? And as uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he produced it, so. <laughs> Did he? No, <laughs> no. He was part of some like I I did like a little Wikipedia something or other. He he was part of some collective in New York. But his real I, name I is Sumac X. <laughs> That's definitely not his real That's name. Pretty hardcore. Yeah. CKS. What's his real name? Just... His birth name Sumac X. Wow. wow. That's militant. Yeah. That's cool. I like it. But it's not X like the. I didn't recognize any of the. Okay. I didn't recognize the. It's not nearly as cool. He's born in Budapest. No, picture is taken. Yeah. Um, we're in San Diego. Yeah, because experimental psychedelic trip hop. Yeah, so I only know there's only this this album, and then the, there's an entire album of um, of remixes, which I haven't listened to as much. <laughs> yeah, I know. I read that he's a yoga teacher yeah. too. <laughs> it's sorry, I didn't mean it. He like get he gets kicked out of like Seven Eleven for not having shoes on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how did you how did you hear about this guy? Like what? I can't remember. Some him, someone or? introduced him to me, and it struck me as something a little a little different. So. Were you and interesting. Weed when you heard him for the first time, I think I was in Korea, so there's probably no weed. No. All right, let's missed that opportunity. Let's check it out, though. Okay, what's the song called again? Stardust by right. Ganja Sufi. Ganja Sufi. <laughs> Introducing uh, Ganja Sufi's song Stardust and off of 
A Sufi and a Killer. That came with 2010? 2010. That was, so a, that was a minute long. It was good. I like. I really like his voice. Yeah, that's, um, as I said, like he does interesting things on, on these songs. I would rec- If that at all sounded yeah. appealing, I'd recommend no, I'm, checking I'm out check the it album. Out, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it reminded me at uh, first of almost like Alien Hybrid. Yeah, the first, totally. Yeah, like the, when the voice came in. Yeah. Right. But I mean, not after, but when the voice <laughs> came in. Like, yeah. I mean, I really, really need to be playing Alien Hybrid on like every show. Yeah. I think that needs to be a prerogative. That's true. Like, I need them more in my life in general, yeah. For sure, yeah. yeah. So I looked at the lyrics here. I can. It's really short, so I can read it if you guys want to. Sure, let's hear okay, it. The lyrics of the song are, Throwing angels on my trampoline, now my heart's gushing. It's so amazing, I just can't believe I'm stardusting. Give me what I can, give give me for my hand. I am high with me, yeah, strap on, get high, high with me. <laughs> there you That's go. That's the lyrics. So I got, I mean, it fits the theme, obviously. Drugs. Yeah, it's all right. Drugs, yeah. It's Where weird. did you, uh, so is the whole album pretty druggy, or was this like the most obvious? Uh, well, is is like his description of the mu- type of music he makes, the feeling is a lot of kind of, I kept it playing after that last song, and the next song yeah. starts kind of weird. Like it yeah. sounds like your speakers are malfunctioning or something. And but it's uh, not actually. It's just how it's not actually, yeah. So the album has that kind of a feel to it. Cool. Yeah. Kind no, of psychedelic. Good. I, liked it. I and, liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It was. Uh, I mean, it's that's kind of nice. Like I know a lot of the stuff we play here. Like you know, we started off with Ray Charles. I don't know if you guys knew that song or not, but we do play a lot of older stuff. I think just because like, you know, stuff we know that fits the theme because we know it really well. It's kind of cool to hear something that's that's more recent too. Like. Yeah. More recent, but also like there's a lot of recent stuff that we could. That's really common, so that we're familiar with. Yeah, this yeah, is. I, I mean, to... a lot of the stuff, the older stuff, we're not all familiar with, but it's, it's cool to hear something new. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that means, really. Like, <laughs> I mean, the old stuff is good. I'm not trying to. Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah, something different that I'm not too familiar with. That was cool. And... Where should we go from here? Um, I guess I'll play a song now. I don't know which one to play. I guess I'll play. Um, I'll, I'll play uh, a song, "Crushed Bones." Okay. By this band, Y. Um. Crushed Bones is a euphemism for cocaine. And uh, this song's not so much about doing cocaine as much as it's... Um, it's kind of about being on... I think the song is more about being on tour in Europe and being kind of uh, a depressed person and, and doing cocaine. It's weird because like, you listen to Y and Y's kind of... He's like... He comes from Anacon. Like, he was there you know, at Anacon in the beginning. And uh, the first Y record I got was his... his the first thing he did the split 12 inch with uh odd nosdom and it's like really indie like really experimental really weird stuff and he's like since uh, developed from that into like a full band like even on that on that ep yeah he says at the beginning he's like i'm looking for a band so anyone want like contact me at this email address and like he's so it's since grown into a band and that's cool and it sounds a lot more indie rock and he does rap he does rap on the songs and it's good, but he does mostly singing. And but it's weird how how many references he he does or he has the cocaine. Actually, there's one of my favorite songs by Wise. He has a, he talks about doing cocaine in a Starbucks bathroom. Which, yeah, in a yeah. Starbucks bathroom with wet coke. Yeah, yeah it doesn't re- it doesn't really f- it doesn't really fit the music, but it, then it does at the same time. It so. does catch you. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that's the idea even. Yeah, like yeah. So, anyways, this song's called Crushed Bones. It's from. Um, Elephant Eyelash, which is a Y album from a few a few records back. Isn't that, oh, that's not the most recent one. No, no, he, oh, this okay. is from two thousand five. Oh, jeez. So, um, yeah. Where's this guy from? Uh, he's originally from Ohio, uh, but then. Oh, hi. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> so uh, the whole like the whole like Anticon guys like like uh, the people who were there at the beginning like Soul and uh, Dose One and Gel, like those guys are from all over the yeah. states and they all kind of just moved to oakland 
to, to start this Anticon record label. Okay. And so he's from Ohio, I think, somewhere, or some somewhere in Middle America, anyways. Yeah. Um, and uh, But he's based out of Oakland now. Okay, cool. So, yeah. So the song's called Crush Bones? Crush Bones by Y. Okay, cool. Crushed Bones by Y. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if, if you guys were paying that much attention to the lyrics, but there are some references to uh, uh, cocaine and stuff like this. I think this song's not really about doing drugs, but it's for sure, like, kind of a backdrop on the song. Cool. 
Um, yeah, and uh, I saw them. I saw them perform in Winnipeg at the Collective when they were touring that album. It was pretty cool. I always from the. I remember like the when I heard them play that song. That line. Um, we were dressed in navy blue hoodies and khakis, which was the style at yeah. the time. Right. I really like that line. It's good. Yeah. yeah. What's the, is that? A, is that from a movie? It's something that was a style at the time. Simpsons. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. style of the time, yeah. yeah. The lemon episode, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But you said you opened for you opened for this guy? Yeah, I opened for them on that tour. Actually, it was it was cool because I actually tried to. I knew they were coming, and I knew the promoter, and I was yeah. just like, I love these guys. You know, I need. I really want to open for them, and he like put me on, and it was. I think uh, that's kind of a cool thing about the kind of music that you do is that you probably have a lot of opportunities. Because I mean, you know, like someone like that probably isn't gonna isn't gonna have a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people are into it, I'm sure, but like, it's not going to be a type of show where there's going to be like tons of bands want to get on the bill, right? I mean, and, and or maybe it's maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I think if you're just in like a punk band or whatever, there's like 30 bands trying to get yeah. on when someone comes to town, right? But I mean, yeah. this is a little different. Well, it goes both ways though, because it's also hard to find other people from the area who you can play shows with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it goes both ways, yeah. but you're right. Like, yeah. I mean, you just probably got more chances than someone like you know who's in whatever like some rock band like to, definitely I to th- play with your idols or not unless your idol people yeah. you like whose music you you respect and stuff yeah. like I, yeah I kind of feel like when a certain kind of act comes to town like I am the front runner to open yeah for sure which is good I mean this is it's, it's very cool I, I'm jealous you know like I mean this isn't someone that I'm super familiar with but like the fact that you got to open is really cool and think we were talking about last week with um with last week, Buck sixty five too same thing right like yeah. It's kind of I haven't had I mean I don't think either of us have had the opportunity to do that with any bands we've been in. Closest thing was Mothra. <laughs> yeah, I, who I really liked. They're oh, cool. Great, yeah. really I never cool. heard of them before that, but yeah, there was definitely. Yeah, nice. but that was the you know, like the biggest band we played with, and they're like from Regina, and they broke up after like a week later <laughs> or something. <laughs> Wasn't there that band from uh, from BC you guys opened up for too? Who was really good? Which one? Um, Maybe I'm thinking of Mothra. I think that, Maybe yeah, I thought Mothra was from, Regina, from BC, from Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. That was that, the zoo. Maybe that was also like our second or third show, which happened. no, 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 no. That was later right. on. Yeah, I have no idea. we already had a tape out by that point. Oh really? I traded them <laughs> okay. a tape for a copy of the CD. I thought because all right. So we had the first tape out. Drugs. Anyway, yeah, drugs affect your um, memory. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, yeah. Um, okay, so like this so far has been pretty pro drugs. Uh, what we've been playing, or at least influenced <laughs> by drugs. Next thing I want to play is a song by Strife. I don't know if you guys are familiar. With Strife. I know who they are. I did, uh, I had no idea who they were until you told me. Good song called Force of Change. It's probably my favorite. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but like at one point when I was about fifteen. I listened to like a ton of straight edge hardcore. Like, yeah, we, ha- we were hanging out around those. I, yeah, and I used to listen. To, I had the Victory Style Two compilation, and it was like Earth Crisis and Strife and all these bands. I had that one too. I think Earth yeah. Crisis. That song is so good. Earth Crisis, the band. Oh no, D- Doctor Israel. Oh no, that's just Crisis. <laughs> that's just crisis. Yeah. And Earth Crisis. Is actually... I can never find that song by the way when I look for it. I know it's just on. It's only, I have the album. That's the only place to like. That's uh, such a great song. So I want to find a way to put it in one of the show. Anyway, straight edge hardcore. Uh, I guess when I was fifteen, I thought like. <laughs> I heard all this stuff, kind of, uh, I was into, like, punk and hardcore and stuff at that point, and I heard this stuff, and it's just so, so aggressive and so angry, and, like, it's all, it's all straight edge, it's all about being, like, living clean or whatever, but super aggressive about it, and, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't drink or do drugs or anything at that point, I was, you know, so, I don't, I I mean, it, in a very short time, I realized calling myself straight edge was stupid, because I don't, I don't actually like the. It whole was an stuff. anti. I don't like the stuff. Yes, yeah, it's not, it's not that I'm opposed to it. But even when I didn't drink alcohol at the time, you know, I'm not, I wasn't like opposed to people doing it. I just didn't do it yet, you know. So it was like, 
I don't want to go around saying like it's, you know. It's for me. It's kind of like it's kind of like atheism. It's right. exactly like atheism. We're the point where like I don't I don't believe in God, but I don't care yep. if you do. That is exactly what it's like for me, and I don't like people who are aggressively atheist. Yeah, because it's just like well, leave people who cares. It's, people. it's another way of being theistic. With it's the, the same with, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and the idea of like okay, you know, I get it. You don't want to do drugs. You want to live clean. It's great. I mean, you want to be healthy. It's cool, right? But then going around like having 17 tattoos of it and walking around with these X's on your shirts and on your hands and it's just like it's turned into like this gang almost like I mean they're, they're, there's like all these you hear on the news not anymore but I've seen some documentaries and they've been like there's been crimes related to straight edge like I mean there's this, there's this girl I know <laughs> bombing liquor stores no but like beating up people at shows for smoking yeah, yeah, outside yeah. and stuff right? there's like, this girl I know who uh, was I guess she she got a couple of straight edge friends and she yeah. was never into it but she was she liked the guys or whatever, and she was hanging out with them, and she went to this party one time, and this is like, this is the point where she figured out she couldn't hang out with these yeah. people anymore. But it was like a straight edge party, and instead of, you know, everyone smoking weed and drinking yeah. beers, they were all passing around bags of candy, yeah, yeah. and they were all just getting like sugar highs, <laughs> and like giggling off like sugar highs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, I mean, there's, I think that's, there is something to be said about that, right? Is I mean, Halloween like, their new year? <laughs> Halloween's their new But I mean, you know, I... It's, I, I get it. It's cool. Like it's you know you don't want to you want to be like healthy and but even, yeah, like, but, aggressively. But, but it's being aggressive about it. Like know, I mean, I you know, like you guys are having drinks right now. I'm not having a drink. It Please don't beat not, me up. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not ever gonna have a drink. But the fact that I'm not doing it now it doesn't make me mad at you guys, right? But like, like doesn't straight edge even come from Ian McKay? Who that's wasn't, what I, and that's wasn't what I was straight gonna, edge. That's what I was gonna say actually. I don't um, know this. The reason that came from uh, the whole I was actually thinking of playing the song Straight Edge by Minor Threat, but then I figured that I actually like the Strife song better. But um, the song Minor by Minor, like minor Threat were minors in DC, right? Like they were underage, and I guess the, uh, this is just my memory memory of interviews with him and stuff. But they used to uh, put X's on your hand when you're underage at, at shows, so you could oh, get yeah. served. Like they do it at the West End Cultural Center, you get a stamp if you're if you're 18 plus, whatever, right? Um, so they get X's on their hands, and that was like kind of. You know, you get kind of single out as being underage and you can't drink and whatever. So they started doing it on purpose, like just to be like making it like a thing. Like you know, we're we're we don't drink. Like you know, not that we that we can't, but we purposely don't do it. I always thought it was because they were they started playing shows when they were like too young to drink. That's anymore. where it started from. But then they started doing it. Like uh, I think uh, maybe wrong, but yeah, that's that is for sure. Like right. I may be mistaken by that part, but uh, anyway, it comes from them being too young to play at shows and having the X's on their hands, and now it's turned into this thing. And the song was like, you know, um, Songs for Red Edge was a, like, people have misinterpreted it, I think. The song is saying, like, I remember reading something about it saying that what it's missing is people are forgetting, are omitting the word I in brackets before each line. So, I mean, it's don't drink, don't smoke, you know, but what he really means by the song is I don't drink, I don't smoke. Mm -hmm. And people have taken it since to be this, like, you know, statement of, of mm -hmm. like, a code yeah it's, a, yeah it's a moral code you know we have to follow this code and like this is this is what we do and it's like no he was just saying that he doesn't do this he like, had a lot of problems with that because eh? like there's that other song about how he uh he grew up in dc guilty and he, being white is that what you're yeah exactly yeah. And, yeah. and then all those nazi kids in germany or whatever or, or yeah, well, yeah it exactly because it's like you know yeah, well just even germany. like racist kids there took yeah. it the wrong way yeah so I mean, it sucks because I mean those are good songs, but I can see they both can definitely easily be misinterpreted. So anyway, back to yeah, like, let's check out this. By the well, I'm just gonna oh, give okay. you a bit more. Um, Let him speak, yeah. John. Ah, drugs. Jesus. <laughs> by the '90s, like the hardcore was different, right? Like it was, um, and this stuff, this Victory Records stuff, especially, was like it was super, super heavy. It was more like metal almost, and it was this whole kind of weird gang mentality around Straight Edge, where it was like tough guy music versus just like you know punk kids, and. Um, this song is called Force of Change, and uh, 
I've always been a huge, big fan of it. It was on that Victory Style 2 compilation. And I remember um, when we were playing in bands, like, in the like, late 90s, there was a local band called 9to5 that I really, we played a lot of shows with. Grandpa's Army played a lot of shows with. And they used to cover this every time, every show. And it was always, we were just, yeah, we were like, you know, even though, I, I don't know if we were, even all of us were straight edge or whatever at the time, but we, that would be like the highlight of the shows we did with them is when they would cover Force of Change. Cause Where is uh, the band Strife? The basketball strife, yeah. Where are they, they from? Yeah. From the states somewhere, I'm not sure. Are they still? Kicking? No, actually, I th I'm, I'm thinking. I think it's these guys. I'll look it up in the, while we're listening to the song. But I'm pretty sure that the lead singer, uh, like, stopped being straight edge, at one point, like years after. And I think it was a big controversy thing because, like, whoa, all your albums are about you know staying true to like, there's like, all these true to death or whatever. There's all these kids just tearing down their posters. In For their sure, room. yeah, yeah. So anyway, so this is uh, this is a good song. I mean, it's not pro drugs, but it's 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 very strongly. Anti-drugs, so yeah, it's uh, I really like it, even though I don't necessarily agree with the message. So, Into it. force to force to change, strife, drugs, drug and rolls. change some good old straight edge hardcore right there um and uh yeah you guys were saying with the lyrics like what were you saying you when you first heard it like <laughs> oh i was saying i had because you because uh yeah we all listened to each other's songs before the podcast and i was we tried to anyway yeah so i was i was listening to this and uh i was like okay what is this song about then i just heard him go straight edge <laughs> and i couldn't hear any other word in the yeah. song but i heard that well the um the chorus of the song which is kind of the part where the big gang vocal backup yeah. vocal bits is uh i walk the path of true change commitment sworn in the name of those who still walk the straight edge convictions held to my grave whoa so it's Wait, pretty which is a lie because he's not straight edge well, anymore right i don't know if that, I, you know, I gotta look it up because I, I remember what an asshole hearing something about that i don't know if that's true but it, it'd be funny if it was so um, these guys are from la you were saying from la yeah yeah i kind of like i kind of dig the thing like where you need you need to buy in yeah to something you need to believe in something like because 
I do think that this our culture is super into getting drunk and being stupid and yeah. like laughing it off, you know? Yeah. Like I used to read this website uh, text from last night. Which, yeah, I remember that website. Yeah. And Does I, it still used, exist? I used I don't know. I used to read it at work like years ago. And I just remember I just got I would get sick to my stomach and I was like I can't read this anymore because there's just so many people being like, "Oh, I got so fucked up last night. Like I don't even know who I fucked or like Oh, I thought it would have been like text while they were drunk. It is. Oh, okay. It is, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I just looked it up and they, they, the whole band or many members of the band stopped being straight edge around 2000. But like, I like the, f- I like the idea that you're giving kids an alternative because like, yeah. we're so, we're so like bent on you know, buy this alcohol, you know, do these drugs, especially until, in, yeah, until you sure. can't think kind it's, of, yeah, especially in that, music, uh, you know, it's like, you got to kind of live the sex, drugs and rock and roll kind of thing. So to have an alternative to that, even though it does get a little preachy and a little aggressive, it's, yeah, I still, well, it's a positive, I mean, aside from the aggressiveness about it, I mean, like, it's, it's, I mean, I was watching this documentary about it recently because I was thinking of songs for this and, um, they're talking to these kids who, you know, they're like 18, 19, whatever, and they're they're super into it. And basically they're saying, like, you know, we don't need to get messed up. To have, and it shows them at the show and they're, they're having a, Going an crazy, amazing yeah, time, yeah. right? But, like, they don't need, it's, it's not essential, but you kind of associate, like, a crazy mosh pit and partying and, like, stuff to, with, with drinking at least, right? Like, yeah. And especially punk rock, too. I mean, there's a lot of punk bands that are, There's like, almost something scarier, though, about, um... The, the, it the is, kids yeah. who aren't drinking and washing going crazy, because <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. like that video of this, vid- like this song yeah. "Strife," yeah. like uh, you know he's he's got a bicked head, yeah. and it's like he's just jumping in a crowd of all yeah. these like yeah. crazy, I guess, sober. Yeah, well, people it's, just getting out their aggressions other ways. It's like <laughs> sure. Well, and it's scarier too because someone who's drunk and aggressive is like, okay, that explains it, right? But like someone who's sober and aggressive is like, what? The, yeah, what is behind this? What's provoking this? The only the only thing that I don't like about it, and I mean, I, I still love the song. I, I think I still have the Strife tape somewhere. I mean, they're a good band. Uh, some of the other bands in that that kind of uh, Victory Records sort of style there were good. I mean. Victory wasn't the only label that did Straight Edge stuff. It was just like the premier one, I guess, at the time, or the one I knew the most about. Um, but I still like some of it. I just the preachiness sometimes gets way too carried away, like way over. I mean, that one it's fairly preachy, but like there's a bit of a crossover you get sometimes from hard. First of all, hardcore can be preachy anyway. Then you get straight edge hardcore, which is even more preachy. And if you're not paying too close attention, you can sometimes there's a bit of a crossover between straight edge hardcore and straight edge Christian hardcore, mm. which is just like the worst thing ever because it's three levels of preachiness, and you just can't. I mean, I can't handle it. It's too much. Like. Hmm. But I don't know. I mean, well, it's uh, what was that other mixtape around this time of the one you're talking about? I think that, that we probably both got when we went to the states. I got I got this Victory Records compilation in the yeah. states. Was there Christmas also, stuff on that one? Then? No, there wasn't. No, one. okay. But I also got um. Uh, there's one Give the boot. The oh. first Give the boot compilation okay. came out then, and that is I still listen to that. I still have that. Give the boot. Give the boot. <laughs> it's a good, very good compilation. Actually, I think that. Uh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I've got one of those. Maybe it's anyway. Yeah, you it had still Give good. the boot. I remember. Yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah, that, so that I, don't, I don't really listen to Straight Edge Hardcore anymore. I kind of, every once in a while, I'll go back and sort of try to dig some of it up on, on the internet or whatever. And right. I mean, I like it. I, I just, um, I don't really, you know, I'm pretty, I guess I'm fairly close to being Straight Edge, but I would never call myself that even if I... Well, and the whole 
to like for life. It's like, well, that's the thing. I'm right? for now. <laughs> well, and that's the thing with a lot of these kids too. I mean, especially in the states, right? You get the drinking age is 21. A lot of these kids are 18 when they're, or even younger when they're doing this. And here, you know, I was 15 when I was listening to that stuff. Saying I'm straight edge at 15 is stupid because I'm not even legally allowed to go to a bar yet. So it's like it's not even a real pressure. It's not a no, don't exactly. There's no pressure. Your friends aren't all going to the bar because they can't because they're 15. So it's kind of like it's okay to say I don't drink right now, but like. I think you should leave yourself open in case you feel like... I mean, if you got tattoos all over yourself that says true till death, XXX, or whatever, you know? And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I wonder what beer tastes like. You know? Like, yeah. you kind of have screwed yourself over for just... A... Where does this needle go? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like it's so... It's just like people who are... I mean, you know, I don't eat meat, right? I've never eaten meat. And I don't like people who are aggressively vegetarian or vegan either. Yeah. I find it the same kind of annoying as aggressively religious or atheist or aggressively straight edge or whatever. You know, it's just kind of like just yeah, relax. Do what I'm, you want to do <laughs> and you don't need to go around yeah. telling everyone about it, you know? Or kind of being angry about it because it's, you know, make a decision for yourself. Don't worry about other people unless they're hurting, you know, like, unless you, yeah, so. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's, I don't think anything else on this, sh this show today is going to be of that kind of vibe, but, I mean, nothing I'm playing, at least, anyway, I don't have, there, there's something I have is not even remotely. No, straight. Rob, you mentioned you might have something that would follow this up. Yeah, well, I have, um, um, I have a song, because I kind of wanted to get, like you were saying at the beginning, there's so many songs about drugs that it was really hard to pick, so I, yeah. instead of just going for the obvious, the, a lot of the obvious picks, like, Three Six Mafia sipping on syrup or like. Well, I, I avoided reggae entirely for mine because there's so much I could yeah. have done with it, right? And I mean, mm -hmm. like. And I tried to stay away from uh, hip hop for the same reason. There's yep. so many rap songs about drugs. Uh, so I tried to be creative. Um, so this song is uh, a song by The Normal. Okay. Um, I don't think I even know who that is. Well, uh, they're from England somewhere. It's, it's one guy. He's from England. Um, uh, from the late 70s, he was part of that whole post-punk movement. Yeah. He, um, he was just like, he had a, he had a day job. He was like 26 year old, 26 years old. He had a day job and he decided to, uh, quit his, he heard craft work and he decided yeah. to quit his job, go buy a, go buy a keyboard and make a single. And he, he pressed, I think he only ever put out this one 12 inch <laughs> that had, um, uh, warm leatherette and uh, the song I'm going to play TVOD which is kind of uh, joking about overdosing on television yeah there's some good songs about that by other people too it's a kind of a right theme. I just wanted to say that like Kraftwerk seems to be like winding its way through one of these shows somewhere yeah. along the line which is kind of cool I don't know I don't know what the um, I guess they were just that influential to a lot of stuff we listen to and yeah uh, I'm, I'm not complaining about it yeah. it's, it's cool but it's just that the one band that seems to constantly come up is uh and well, they should. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll have some stuff to say about this song, but let's uh, let's play it first. It's cool. uh, TVOD by The Normal. Her drugs. TVOD. 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 TVOD 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 I don't need a TV screen I just stick the aerial into my skin and 
let the signal run through my veins. TVOD. TVOD, 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 TVOD. I don't need no TV screen. I just stick the aerial to my skin and let the signal run through my veins TBOD Yeah, so that was uh, TVOD by The Normal. I really um, like that. That was really cool. Yeah, a.k.a. Uh, Daniel Miller, who went on to start Mute Records, put out records by Depeche Mode, Nick Cave and the Bad Seed, um, etc. Yeah, that's, that's actually, cool. I, I'd really like to stress how much I love that song. That's great, yeah. yeah. The song's really amazing. Good, yeah. yeah, how did you, I don't know if you mentioned this, how did you come across it? Uh Sam lent me this book, yeah, yeah about... Uh, That's where the name's on, I was trying to think of where it, yeah. Rip it up and start, start again. again. So you, you read that? Yeah, yeah, I was just reading it, and I was, this, I was... He's describing it, and I was like, this sounds really good, so... There's a lot of stuff in there that I've looked up since... That wasn't one of them, but there's cause so much in the book, right? Yeah. But, like, I looked up... Um, Robin Gristle after the chapter on them. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of other stuff too that I've. That's played. a great chapter. Like, holy yeah, cow! Really cool. Yeah. I, I I went on a huge Robin Gristle yeah. kick Pretty after weird, that too. Eh? And <laughs> yeah, some of it I can't. I have a hard time getting into, but some of it's really cool. It's the type of stuff where I want to. Speaking of drugs, it's the type of stuff yeah. I want to do acid and listen to. But like, I'm I don't know how afraid. F- I, I don't know how far I'd get into it before I had to turn it off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it might be not a nice really really band good, trip. Great band yeah. too, Robin Gristle. Yeah, I mean, you know. Anyway, it's, it's kind of cheesy. It's like an erection. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's like <laughs> considering the kind of music they play, it's it's totally suits it. Yeah, I think, like. that guy's what's that guy's name? Uh, uh, P Origin. Genesis P Origin. That guy's out of his mind <laughs> yeah, for sure. In a, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Anyway, that was yeah. That book is really. Um, is that why you're talking about the specials from that book too, or? 
What? You were talking about the specials earlier, weren't you? No. Mm-mm. I was talking about the specials when I saw you. Oh, this afternoon. This afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. But, uh... Was that... I mean, I know you knew who the specials were beforehand, but was that influenced by the book, or... Because there's yeah, a chapter on them, too. Well, you, kind of, but I just... I went I went to uh, Music Trader, and I saw the specials, first album, yeah. for $19. So good, I was like, I'll buy it. Good purchase. I really probably would have bought it anyways, but... It's a really great album, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this was, um... I, I don't know if you, you, you wanted to... Like we're interrupt- I'm interrupting you by talking about other stuff. I don't know. I think that song. I mean, speaks for itself. Like the only thing that guy ever did was uh, that one 12 inch. That I think that was the B side too. The A side was uh, Warm Leatherette. Warm Leatherette huh. Leather sounds a lot like that too. And then I think he, because uh, he was in that book. They were talking about how it was in the day and age where you could just be a, a bedroom musician. Yeah. Go out, get the money to print your own records. I think he printed like fifteen hundred copies of it and just sold out. And then he, he was, you know, he he kind of made up his own label name and had his home address as his yep. label's address, which and, is a really punk rock thing to do. Yeah, and then people started sending him demos, and then to the point where he he could start a label off of it. That's like uh, just to go back to the last song. That's pretty much what Ian McKay did with Minor Threat, right? Like right. Discord. Is from that like it was his parents' house or whatever at first that they were sending people, you know people were going there because of the address on the back of the minor threat singles. And I think this was kind of the like uh, th- like the mute records thing and, and the normal that was kind of the jump off for that because before that it wasn't you know it wasn't like Sex Pistols recorded their own album right they had no, to, they had to go to into a yeah. studio right yeah. yeah so you know he this guy wanted well, uh, to be signed by a major label too like for to call it, right? yeah. So, yeah and so this guy. Um, which is funny because in that book they talk about how that kind of ruined punk because the most unpunk thing you could do is record an For album. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like this guy talked about how you know he just quit his job, like bought a bought a synthesizer, and him and his buddy I think split split the cost of a, a eight track recorder and yeah. to rent it, and then just recorded an album, and that was it. That's not much different from what we used to do with tapes back in the day, you know. Like I mean. More on a larger scale, but I think that that kind of became an acceptable thing for people to do. And by the time we were like twelve, whatever, making music, we would just record. I mean, not that we were selling tapes then, but not too far after that. Yeah, like, well, that, I mean, that that was the thing. Like for us, like growing up, when we were first starting to play music together, yeah, it, it was like getting a four track was like a given. Like we would do that when we got the money, you know. Yeah, and then for sure. And then yeah, I, I got I got that four track whatever I guess 16, 17 years old and then yeah. started making my own tapes and it was just like yeah like that was and there was some kind of like I think it was a new concept back then but yeah, the, for but sure. that before time we came point, around yeah. it was just like that's what you did you bought mm-hmm. a 4 track and why, it was like a certain point where you, you've been listening to music for a while and you kind of realize I mean when you're like first listening to music you kind of think oh wow these guys are you know, it's. I'm never gonna be able to do this. It's a mysterious. I'm never gonna put an album. This is some big fancy yeah. production, or whatever. Right? Yeah. But then it's just like you hit a certain point. And you hear whatever band it is. I think for me, it was Alien Hybrid. I yeah. Mean, if you hear something, or you see someone kind of do it, or you like, realize, I can do this. I can... this is awesome. I could totally yeah. do this, and that yeah. I think is kind of. I mean, I think like what John said is like the the, the mysteriousness. It takes yeah. out like the mysteriousness of it. It's for sure. It's a lot. The, uh, yeah, I've been reading like a few autobiographies and biographies where I think most musicians have that to begin with. Like the recording studio is this enigma. Like you don't, you know, where do you yeah. start? It's just all these dials and buttons. Yeah. And you learn how to do it, and you go, "Wow, okay, it's not actually so hard." 
I can do this. And now it's even simpler, obviously. Well, now it's ridiculous. Now, now anyone ridiculous. can just do, do get yeah. a computer, and it's great, though. I mean, like, I mean, this thing we're recording on now. You don't even just... you don't even need a studio anymore. You no. just need like a, a computer camera and put your shit on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. And, you and people a hear drummer it. boy. And, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, people hear it like uh, fucking Justin uh, Bieber over there. Justin Bieber, exactly. Right. Like he didn't. He was like twelve or something, right? And he put videos of himself playing instruments, and people yeah. were like, oh, this kid. Then Usher signed him or whatever. Right? Oh, really? Usher. Wow. Usher. I haven't done my. Uh, and then he shows homework. up wearing overalls to meet the. Prime Minister. <laughs> He's like the most punk rock kid out there right now. <laughs> I need to get a haircut. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that that song, um, just like the kind of uh, TVOD, um, like the message behind it, is kind of interesting nowadays because of how people interact with TV. Um, back then, obviously, the way TV was was different. I mean, now it's possible to completely avoid TV. I mean, I haven't had cable for like 10 years. You know, I've watched TV, but... I mean, I, I I haven't watched a commercial in, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a, uh, I don't know. I think when did um, uh, Brazil come out? The movie? 80... Okay, so this is, okay, because that's like a dystopian reality. That's like, a great movie. Yeah, where people are like I mean, addicted I can look it up, to, I have a book to about, TV, uh, right? Or Fahrenheit 451, which is even... Which is more like how it is now with reality TV anyway. Yeah. Like, I mean, and people talking to their cell phones and making them do shit and like, yeah. so... I don't know why that was the kind of... I, I just think that, like, TV people are, are... I think TV was one of those things, like the record business, where it was this big set thing where you had to do it a certain way, and now you don't have to do it anymore because people aren't necessarily watching... The medium has kind of changed from, yeah... Like, like music, right? It's like, on I mean, at six, to You can watch it whenever you want. I mean, want we can make a movie. We can make yeah. a movie right now, put it on the internet, and people are going to see it. Versus before, if you yeah, want We're making a podcast. We're making right a now. podcast, right? I mean, this is... Think about us, like, even ten years ago. We wouldn't have gotten... I mean... People, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to do this. Like, we're just sitting in a basement talking about records, and we put it on the internet, and people hear it. Like, that's... It's basically the same. It's like being on the radio without a radio studio. That's what it is. Yeah. Right? We don't have to go into a studio. We don't have to have... I mean, it would be nice to, to have access to that kind of equipment, but you don't, it's so easy to do now. Does, that does, you, it, does it devalue the arts? I don't know. Like... Does the fact that someone can make a movie on YouTube with like one camera in ten minutes and throw it up there, uh, they make a real movie less? I think what I think that there's a, there's this company in um, in California. There's like I think they're just like these three guys who like worked used to work for the big computer companies, yeah. and then they just went off on their own and they invented this thing that you connect between your modem and your computer. And they, they have actually like a Kickstarter and it's like you pay them like 150 bucks on their Kickstarter yeah. and once they get the money and they start making these, they'll send one to you. And what it does is it blocks advertisements from going yeah. to your computer. And it's interesting because for, for the longest time, like YouTube, for example, you could watch any video on YouTube, like yeah. did not matter. Then it got to the point where some of it was blocked. Now it's getting to the point where you can't watch some YouTube videos without oh, watching a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. But if like these, if stuff like that is working to block the advertisements like that's where the the revenue comes from yep. so if there's no if there's no money like filtering into these into watching media and watching the arts then like what's going to happen like what well they just have to figure out a new way of doing it that's the problem right because i mean like people don't buy records anymore people don't buy their records right. they don't buy cds anymore i right. mean cd if you look at cd sales like in the back page of rolling stone every every issue they have the the top selling albums right and like if you look at the numbers on there it's a fraction of what it mm. used to be well i think i read something i think it was 2001 whenever nsync had their big album yeah that weekend alone of their album sales is like twice 
to three times or four times as much it's as amazing. some of the hit <laughs> albums now. Like it's amazing what Adele is doing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, she's selling but, she's selling records. Taylor Swift selling but, records. How? But I guess you I know? guess a good po- a good a good point to bring in too is like why do we why do we have to listen to the so-called top-notch artists? Like why do we, we don't. why do we have to listen to Kanye West over Alien Hybrid? Like we I don't exactly. So that's what like, I like about it. It's kind of it's kind of cool. I mean, that's what you know. I mean, but should 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 artists be able to live off their? They should be well. It's different. It's different. It just doesn't work the same. They have to figure out a new way of doing it because you can't. I mean, you could record an album. We could record now. All three of us could just start a band right now. And record an album, right? We could put it on the internet. A million people could hear it if it was good, and we could make absolutely zero money off it. So in order to make money off it, we'd have to yeah, you have be playing to figure shows. What to do, or we'd have to be to doing do or do a fact, Kickstarter yeah. or something, and you know, to get money to, to put it out, or do one of those pay as you pay what you like, pay what you can things like you know like when Radiohead started that way you know, and that now it's really common. You get an album on Bandcamp or whatever, and it's like yeah, you can download it for free, but if you like it, and I mean ninety percent of the people are going to download it for free, but you still get the money from. And I mean, yeah. If you can get the initial interest, I think you can figure out a way to then. Yeah, you have to, right? I yeah. mean, you can't. But the fact that it makes it more open for so many more people to be heard, I like. Yeah. Well, even if some people, I mean, you know, I don't make money off music. I play in bands and stuff, but I don't make. We, I mean, the Mouthboat, you know, our last album we put out, it's been pretty popular in terms of downloads. Like, we got like 250 people downloaded it, which is pretty great. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm happy. It's not a lot, right? But I'm happy about <laughs> it's that. Pretty good. It's pretty popular. 250 downloads. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it's like I'm not even. <laughs> if only each of those albums had cost a hundred dollars. No, no. But if we if we had been selling the album for five bucks on the internet, I don't think. I mean, 250 is a lot for me. I'm not. I don't have any ambitions of being like a rock star or whatever. I don't think that people are necessarily going to want to hear what I'm doing because it's not. You know, it's different. And it's okay. And 250 for me is great. I'm really happy about that. It's like it's good. It's a good number to get. But if we were selling it for five bucks, I don't think we'd have 250 people listening to it. And I don't think, I guess, it wouldn't happen. I mean, mm-hmm. we'd have maybe 10 people. You know, maybe hopefully more than that. But yeah, I get what you you're know, saying. You know, like yeah. I don't know. I just don't think there'd be as many. Um, and so I'm glad I'm not trying to do that as a job because it would be a lot more difficult. But I mean, there's obviously ways around it. People figure it out. So. Like okay. drugs. <laughs> drugs, I guess. So I need the money to. Hey, let's play the next song. Yeah, okay, the next song I was going to play is um, it's called CCKMP. It's by Steve Earle. It's initials. It's funny because actually, when this, uh, when you, when we decided on drugs as the theme, yeah. this is one of the songs I thought too. Yeah, it's a really good song. It's great. Um, it's the initials stand for Cocaine Cannot Kill My Pain. And uh, Steve Earle, I don't know how if you guys are. I think I saw you, him play at Folk Fest. Yeah, and he was great. I've seen him since too. I didn't he's know great. much about him before um, then. He's really good live. Uh, I mean, I've seen him twice now, and I would love to see him again. You know. uh, but one thing I like about Steve Earle is how um, how he's like kind of punk rock and kind of weird. Yeah. Like I like how in that in that video of this song you showed me, it's not a real video, it's just like a fan video. Yeah. But he's like wearing wearing a shirt. That says I'm from fucking space. Yeah, which isn't, <laughs> which isn't like you know yeah. someone who kind of makes his style of music wouldn't necessarily make that statement. Well, because he started and, off in the '80s as like a straight up pop country singer, like I mean, like right, national exactly, establishment right. kind of thing, yeah. right? I mean, he was always. I mean, and again with the the Witch Police Book Club here, I have a really good book about him um, that I would recommend, and I can't titles just escaping me right now, but um, uh, it's called Harcourt, Harcourt Troubadour, which is one of the song titles, and um, like he was always kind of. Uh, more of a punk rock kind of attitude towards everything and uh like he was actually one of the early guys to embrace digital recording like in the 80s he was doing that and there'd be stuff on his album specifically indicating that this is a digital it wasn't recorded on analog equipment like he was really into it he still does it and he has like uh, his own label and stuff and 
He's I mean, that it's kind of arguable that the, the analog is now kind of what you're going to get people. Yeah, it's a cool thing to do, right? Because like, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's calling anymore. But like in the '80s, he was really. Put, anyway, the whole point is like, um, this song is. Uh, he was a heroin addict from when he was like a young teenager. Like he got into wow. it like super young, and uh, he was a heroin addict for a long time. Uh, he was in jail for a while, like not just like overnight in prison, like Johnny Cash locked up for a day thing. Like he was in jail, jail for it, and um, he's clean now, but. I mean, he has a lot of his best songs, I think, are about his dark dark period, he calls it, like, where he was, like, a serious junkie. Like, he has a live album, uh, which has the best title for an album I've ever heard. It's called Shut Up and Die Like an Aviator. And uh, <laughs> the live album, he's recorded in Canada um, on one of his tours when he was really, really messed up. And it's not good, it's not good. Like, I mean, the, the recordings are really rough and stuff. Like, I mean, his voice is just shot. Like, you can tell that someone's up with him. And he, he missed out on, apparently he missed out on some huge, like contracts and big shows he could have played and stuff because he was off trying to score like heroin so uh this song and another one called south nashville blues which i think if we had more time i would have played them both back to back they're kind of around the same theme uh this is about cocaine's not good enough for me i need i need heroin like this is cocaine nothing else is helping me i need but south nashville blues is kind of like this remorseful sort of like i know that i'm going to the like because he used to go to like the ghetto and buy drugs and everyone was worried he's gonna get killed or whatever right like uh the wire oh he's in the wire that's what i mean yeah exactly he's very yeah exactly he's kind of plays himself almost. i mean he doesn't but yeah yeah um but yeah so the whole thing of, the, of that song is like um this one is like i need i need it the other one's like kind of like yeah i know i know this is what's going on i know i'm i'm like a bad person you know like but i'm going anyway kind of thing and um i kind of like the they're both on the same record and i kind of like uh the way they're juxtaposed I guess right. so anyway CCKMP also worth noting um, there's some kind of uh, weird sound on here and I think it's um, he's making it with some kind of uh, tool or industrial object uh, like bashing it around which makes a weird kind of humming noise in the background I can't remember what it was but it's uh, you'll hear it alright cool <laughs> Thank you. 
Cocaine Cannot Kill My Pain by Steve Earle. Um, I don't know. I, I, you guys maybe have any? Uh, it's one. Of, it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. One of my favorite. It's pretty, uh, pretty fan. intense. Yeah, I think that a lot of people um, know Steve Earle for one song only, like Copperhead Road. Is really. Oh, the, I mean, yeah, every, yeah. both times I've seen him live too, that's the song that gets. Uh, and yeah, actually, course, a yeah. time he was here before, the most recent time, uh, I wasn't there, but I knew some people who went, and apparently he, um, some guy at the show some drunk guy just kept yelling for copperhead road like over and over, oh, over right. in between every song so apparently steve Earle just said like yeah we know this is your first time getting drunk <laughs> you know and just but I, I mean people were worried he wouldn't come back to winnipeg after that because it was just like, pretty obnoxious yeah. i mean that's gonna suck right i mean especially because i don't think that song's super representative of his sound anyway like mm-hmm. but um and i mean anyway what we we're saying during the while we we're listening to it too is that um like he's a country singer. I mean, I don't think he is a country singer. I think he's kind of been labeled a country singer because from the south and because he has twang. done country. And I mean, he has definitely country. I mean, he's done straight up bluegrass albums and stuff too. But I mean, he's more. I think he's just like more of a folk singer really than, than anything. But I mean, that album's called "I Feel Alright." It's my favorite Steve Earle album. And um, some of the songs in there, especially the title track, are. I mean, they're radio singles. Like they're they're pretty upbeat. And uh, so I think this kind of song would be pretty unexpected for people who are going into it hearing the yeah, radio. So. How we, only heroin will do. Yeah, yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, it's, it's good. He's, his newer stuff's a little more, a little more positive, I guess. Uh, like, he's been married eight times. Whoa. I think eight, seven or eight, and now he seems to be kind of, like, lucky. got his stuff sorted charm. out because, yeah. he's, you know, he's older and he's, uh, yeah, off drugs. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta but, calm down at some point, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I would recommend a documentary called Just an American Boy about Steve Earle. It's, uh, came out around in the early 2000s. I don't know if you guys remember the song he'd done about the uh, Taliban. Mm-mm. Yeah, vaguely. He did a song called John Walker's Blues and it was kind of a song from the... Remember that American guy who was in the Taliban? John Walker Lynn? Right. He did it. Steve Earle did a song from that guy's perspective 
like um, of what he would must be feeling because he he he, he okay. his, his whole thing was like I have a kid the same age and I can't imagine being that kid's parents seeing your son on TV being dragged around treated like a terrorist right so he's he wrote the song from this kid's perspective of what he must be feeling it's a really good song but people went crazy in the states like they were really mad they called him like uh you know a terrorist sympathizer and all this stuff and like uh, yeah that's like a really ballsy thing for someone like you were saying someone from the states who's who's kind from of the south too like yeah from the south who's who's kind of viewed as a country singer yeah you know it's not like dixie chicks speaking out against bush like, no this is a little different yeah. yeah and then I, the one thing i remember from the documentary is it showed a newspaper headline it said twisted ballad honors tally rat or something you know <laughs> just like and he's, he's, he had to defend himself like crazy about it. And it was just like, look, I'm not saying this guy was right. This is just like, you know, I'm just yeah. thinking what his reaction must have been to like... And it's, it's I mean, maybe in another show we could find a way yeah, to... Yeah, it's kind of a, but, it's a whole other topic. I don't like the whole having to like over-apologize for something that doesn't really well, require an apology. I don't think you did apologize Okay, but it, I think yeah, it was just like, this is what the song is. Okay. Like, if you actually listen to it... Okay. It, yeah. no, no, I'm not saying like that to you. I'm saying like to people yeah. who are criticizing it for like... Don't just look at the title, like you know. Yeah. Just listen to the song. That happens too much. Where like your outrage is based on other people's outrage. You're like, for sure, yeah. They're mad. You, you hear ah, something about it, right? It's like yeah. it's like people boycotting that Monty Python movie, uh, Life of Brian, because they thought it was sacrilegious. Hmm. Even though they was, but uh, that's off topic. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So that was. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's. I don't know. Is that is that a pro drug song? Um, no. no. I think it's more of an anti-drug song. <laughs> it's about drugs. It's, it's about drugs, but I mean... It's not, I don't think it's either pro or anti. I think it's just kind of like... This, this is what I'm happening to yeah, me. Yeah, this is what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Just kind of like, you know... Well, it's not glorifying the depth of sure. his soul. Yeah. It's not glorifying drugs. That's yeah. definitely... Uh, Alright, so... Uh, really, uh, really, yeah. really, really good song. Yeah, I love it. It's, mm -hmm. it's really, really worth... Uh, okay, John, what do you got? Uh, I forgot. David Bowie. No, I'm going to play... um. Wait, a song by John Frusciante, um, okay. uh, guitarist in the Chili Peppers. Probably still. I don't know. He's been no, like he's not. He's not. He's okay, not. yeah, I wasn't sure because he he quit and he got replaced by some like really young guy who Dave was like Navarro again. <laughs> no, no, it, the guy was like that really his, handsome guy. I don't know. They're all really handsome. The guy who replaced him handsome was like his guitar tech or something. It was like he he his, oh. he was friends with him. And he like trained him or whatever to fill the spot. Like it huh. wasn't like he got kicked out or anything. Yeah, because like he samurai. Because yeah. he joined <laughs> he joined the Chili Peppers when he was eight. Yeah, eighteen, and then because he, the then guitarist he quit and then joined that guitarist died, right? Yeah, Jill Slovak. Who's the guy from uh, Jane's Addiction? That's Dave Navarro. Yeah, okay. yeah. He so came in after. Didn't he come? Uh, see, the problem is they had so many guitar players. Yeah, right? no, I was reading about it. The original the, guy died. Yeah, he died from he over, drugs. Yeah. But then they got uh, Frusciante. Frusciante had, he, was, he knew all the like he knew all their songs. Yeah, he was like a point. big fan or something. He was right? a big fan. He was in. They did like one album that was pretty popular after that, Mother's and then they did Mother's Milk. Yeah, yeah, which is a good album. And then they did. Blood, Blood Sugar, Sugar Sex, Sex Magic, and Magic. he quit before that came out, right? No, no, no. They that came out, and then they were huge superstars. But he was on, and it was he quit on during that tour. I uh, I was driving by the MTS Center a couple days ago yeah. uh, after the Chili Peppers played here. They played yeah. here. They did yeah. recently, yeah. And I think like um, they just just I'm just judging on, on driving by <laughs> yeah. the MTS Center at that time of night. How's the crowd looking? They might have the dumbest uh, fans in all of Do rock music. I was thinking something about these guys the other day. Um, maybe it's because you were talking about uh, you're gonna play the Frusciante song, but um, I was listening to some of their live stuff, right? And I mean, like I'm you know I, I casually like them. I, I'm not like a big fan or anything, but I could I. Uh, I would be happy if I never had to hear another Red Hot Chili This is what I'm going to say ever again. Just, just hang on. This is, you might agree with me here. I was listening to some of their live stuff, and there's a big section where Anthony Kiedis is not singing. Uh -huh. And it was great. It was yeah. Frusciante and Flea and the drummer, who was like Will Ferrell. And, like, yeah. <laughs> and they were just into this, like, it wasn't even like the funk stuff. They were just grooving. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Frusciante is an amazing guitar. I mean, he's ridiculous. He's on, he's on he's all the Mars really Volta albums except for the last one. 
Frusciante? Right. He yes. plays guitar. He plays the first solo in Elvia on. Uh, really? Yep. He plays a bunch on every one of the albums. Still in there. Huh. He does a lot of lead stuff. Is that the one that Fleet plays on too? Yeah. No, Fleet well, plays he's the first on, one. He plays the trumpet album. on yeah. on, on, on um. <laughs> Fleet plays trumpet on Francis the Mute. And he plays bass on the first one. Oh, cool. But Frusciante's in all of them except for the new one. Anyway, um, I was listening, watching this video of them playing live, and I was just thinking, like, is it with the uh, guitars from Mars Volta or? I've seen that too. But this, that's, that's really pretty good, cool. Yeah. But this is this is actually at a Chili Pepper show back when Frusciante was still in the band, and it's just an instrumental break. Because Anthony Kiedis just seems really dumb. He ruins it. For, yeah, he's this, not a good singer. Every single and song. And this is what, this is what it is. Around. Okay, let him tell his story. Okay. Every single <laughs> Anthony Kiedis thing. And this is what I don't like about them. Is like it'll be like the music will be really cool, and they'll be like, yeah, I, I like this and kind of on my head. And then like, you know, and this gibberish. Like the lyrics aren't good. Yeah. Like he can't really sing. He just sort of does a weird semi-rapping thing, and it sounds and I, bad. I, I think I have to admit, like as as a young kid growing up, like under the bridge, it's like, oh, this song's really. There's a drug song right there, but right? The, like, yeah, but then you listen to Anthony Kiedis. The ba- lyrics, lyrics are bad. They're, they're dumb. They're really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it sucks because like I think they would be a really good band, and obviously like. Don't tell you when we sing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's you know like, someone another podcast listened to made fun of that song. I'm just stealing from that. It's just, but, but, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I mean, yeah. The especially Flea and Frusciante I really respect their stuff they've done with other people and just listening to their records too like they yeah they could awesome. just jam and it would They're be real, they played they played the guitar and bass on um, uh, Alanis Morissette you wanna know what really that's a I think it was all of the Chili Peppers which is actually another surprise just as I was surprised <laughs> yeah. to grow up and find out Anthony Kiedis' lyrics are really dumb yeah. I was also weirded out to grow up and find out that Alanis is more says lyrics in that song are good? Are great. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, you know, I have to say, even Alanis, though it's about fucking Uncle Joey, <laughs> yeah, but it's <laughs> really great lyrics. Actually, actually. Alanis Morissette has other songs that are also good, like that you don't really think about it, and then mm-hmm. you listen. to I mean, I had. The I just think she'd be like, she's the type of person where like I can appreciate it, and I think she's great. But I would, I think I would have a really hard time hanging out with her. Like if I was at the same party as her, like yeah. I'd have to stay on the other side of the room. She, I mean, she's one of those people that I don't listen to. Like, I mean, I, I'll hear, but if I hear on the radio, I'll, I'll listen to. Her. Like, I, you know, I've got nothing against her. She's got some good songs. That one particularly is good. Yeah, those lyrics are actually really yeah. well written. They're good. Yeah, right. and yeah, so Chili Peppers rhythm section. So this is a fresh anti. So solo. yeah, after Blood Sugar Sex Magic, the opposite. Yeah. he uh, he it's quit. He quit the band. It was like they were becoming really popular, and he wasn't into it. And he started getting a really bad heroin addiction. Yeah. And he was, he was doing other drugs. But yeah, he started were doing... They, weren't they all heroin addicts? Uh, at various points, for sure. Yeah. I th- I don't know. It was like, he, when he found out Flea would get stoned before every gig, he started getting stoned before right. every gig. Uh, so he quit the band, and he this album is called uh, Neander or Niandra Lades and usually just a t-shirt. And there's like two kind of halves to it. I'm not sure Niandra Lades. I don't know what it means. Usually Na- just a t-shirt? Niandra Lades and usually just a That's t-shirt. That's the name of the album? Is the album name. And it's like kind of two halves. The first half is kind of song songs, and the second half is a lot of like so more f- like sound would experiments. F- would Flea do heroin before he went on stage? No, smoke pot. Stone. Yeah. So anyway, they had a big tour. He started doing too much heroin. So he heroin. started doing heroin? He started smoking <laughs> He's going to like one-up him. And so... <laughs> That's like five of them. Yeah. That's <laughs> 15 up, yeah. So half of these songs were written while they were still on this bigger tour. Yeah. And like I think mo- the other half were written or recorded afterwards. And th- did you guys watch that... Um, there's a short movie, Stuff? No, I'm by, It's recorded by Johnny Depp and Gibby Haynes. I would never watch that. I, you must... You no? like the Buffalo no. Surfers, though, right? Is that who? Gibby Haynes? Gibby Haynes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is buddies. Debbie Haynes. <laughs> I don't know who that is. 
I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was just a filmmaker. And so it's, it's like a, for any, anyone who wants to do a YouTube yeah. thing, uh, YouTube stuff with uh, John Frusciante, and it's them, they just kind of scroll through the house that he was living in at the time. He was living in complete squalor. And uh, one of these songs that I'm going to play is in the background. And yeah. the house subsequently burnt down and he was burned. He like Is that when he was up with his arm? Uh, no, I think that was from like in, <laughs> incorrectly shooting drugs into his arm. Oh, was, I love, I love left him so hit, bad. I love that, how yeah. like heroin at like heroin addicts that when they have scars, you can like hear a story and assume that's where they got the scar. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, there's so many other times. Yeah, but he all, yeah he had, like escaped his burning house that's and his he had like an, he had a guitar collection. All his shit got like yeah. all his tapes got got burned. You know, like he yeah. um. He has a lot of solo albums. Yeah, I think he just put out two. There was a there was one point where like he had like he put out like six in a year. He reminds or me, yeah, 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 for sure. He reminds me of Omar Rodriguez Lopez, who he obviously collaborates with a lot. They put out an album together um, at some point pretty recently. Too I haven't heard it yet, but um, like it's just some of these guys are just so crazy prolific. But you never a lot of it is totally un you don't yeah. So part of this is, yeah, a lot of this is like experimental like yeah. backwards tape loop type of uh, stuff. It's cool. The song we're going to listen to is uh, Running Away Into You, and it's one of the more coherent songs on the album. Alright. So here it is. This is uh, John Frusciante, Running Away Into You. Awesome. Drugs. Running away into you. So what's uh, I mean, I honestly like with all the effects and stuff that the uh, the content of the lyrics was kind of lost on me a little bit. I uh, is that, are the lyrics why you put it for this theme or just because no because yeah this is like a big kind of drugged out phase for him yeah. and uh, yeah the album is all kind of bizarro as that song uh, indicates. Yeah, 
I yeah. like I like, uh, I like his voice usually. Um, I mean, I've heard him do some other just videos on YouTube and stuff of him doing acoustic stuff, and it was uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's different for sure. But I think um, it sounds dumb. Yeah, right? <laughs> his voice? Yeah. You were saying you don't like his talking voice. His I don't like his, voice. I don't like his talk- Well, I mean, the thing is, so I, can't, I can't like fault him for his talking voice. No, this is how he talks. Because yeah. people, some people, like you know, Tim Haverluck always says yeah. that I sound stupid with like th sounds. No. <laughs> okay. I don't you say though. Either. You what? say the word, How do you say the word though? Though. Yeah, I've heard you say though before. Though. I probably I don't know. Maybe that's what he's talking about. That's the only thing I can think of. Probably. Yeah. yeah so anyway, I but d- it doesn't. You don't sound like John Fraternity. <laughs> well. Yeah, it's like, not like an. It's not, I mean, his part of it is the accent too, the California thing, right? Like, yeah, like super hard. Yeah. Like, where is he from? Like, like Sacramento, from, or something. like the Bay, or something. But then look at us, though, right? We're from Winnipeg, and, and sure we sound, we hard sound, hard sound yeah, like we're from like, Winnipeg. We're, like we're from hard, Winnipeg, yeah. you know, like hard R's and stuff. And like I, you know, I'm say, I say like yeah, I'm going uh, fucking Aber. Yeah, I pronounce out in a boat like has A's in it instead of U's, right? Yeah, like, I know. So I know. whatever. And the thing is like. As much as I, I like to make fun of John Frusciante, if he was in the room right now, I probably wouldn't make fun of him, you know? He'd be, like, blasting. Well, you'd want to know. Maybe if I riffs. felt comfortable enough with him, I'd yeah. give him some Your ribbons, voice sounds stupid, you know? man. Hey, dude, you <laughs> sound like an idiot, bro. Slip that in there. Hey, bro. Yeah. I was just going to say, he is, like, a ridiculous guitar player. Oh, he's like, like we were saying, yeah. there's there's things with uh, him and Flea, the guy from Mars Volta. Yeah. Very cool stuff. They're just improvising yeah, on, really on riffs yeah. and yeah. They're, they're great. I, did, I didn't know that stuff about Mars Volta and I definitely have a newfound respect for him yeah. because of that yeah um that song seems like a lot of like drug noodling so yeah. which is like the album is a lot of like just effect laden yeah. stuff yeah and, and there's 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 one thing to be like do, being uh creative and prolific and being on drugs at the same time there's another thing with like being on drugs and just being like, oh, this sounds cool, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, and you can kind of tell sometimes too, and that had a little bit of that too for sure, which is like, yeah, like oh man, let's turn this knob all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, didn't, like, this didn't come up before, easy. but like, yeah, like the pro. <laughs> there's a lot of like drugs in, uh, you know, with musicians or artists and stuff. But yeah. usually the, the people who are who end up doing a lot of drugs end up doing good things when they're not on drugs. It's not like. They do drugs and do amazing things necessarily, and well, also I think, think, and I think it can think be carried, I think, too far. Where and the, I think they do, get, I think they do a lot of their good things when they're not on drugs. Like yeah. they yeah. they do they do their creative stuff and then they go do drugs. They don't yeah. they don't do their creative. But stuff I think a lot of right, people, they're not playing. Yeah, they're not. I think a lot of people listening the though, yeah. they have the wrong idea and they think that like oh, this John Coltrane album is amazing because he was on heroin. Which is, but it's like no, the John Coltrane album is amazing because he's a genius and he happened to be on heroin. Yeah, and and that's why I was asking like when you said. John Frusciante found out that Flea got stoned before he went on. I was like, heroin? Because like, how can no. you go? How can you yeah. go on stage on heroin Busting and play it? funk lines? Yeah, like, jump for around. Two hours. Yeah, yeah, like you can't do. Well, that. Well, he has a video actually of them playing on Saturday Night Live, um, and he's clearly on heroin. And it's horrible. <laughs> Flea? Oh. No, uh, Frusciante. It's. I mean, this oh, is like okay. before he quit, right? When they were by blood sugar, blood sugar, sex magic. Oh yeah. And it's real. I mean, they're looking at him like, what's wrong? With, like you know, the rest of the band is like giving him like they don't even get for, together, for half the yeah. song. Again, the keys going to look at him like he's really he just just it's brutal. Yeah, he kind of did a self sabotage thing too. Well, it's for sure, that it's not, you can yeah. tell. You can tell probably because he hated being in the chili peppers. I'm sure that's he. What it was. Yeah, no, he had this whole thing because he he grew up. Well, he saw them when they were just doing like little clubs and stuff. And when he joined them, that's what they were kind of still doing. Yeah. And, and then they got huge. Then they got huge, and he didn't like it one bit. It was like stadiums were it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a whole other thing. Yeah, like because it used to be just people just jumping stadium. around and like going crazy, and now you're on a stage. The you one can thing I want to make out a face. Yeah. The one thing I want to say about the Red Chili Peppers is that like I don't like 
them now uh their last few albums that i've heard have been pretty bad like i know that's what seems to make the most popular like i did like um californication is probably brutal. the worst song ever it's horrible and like but i mean when i was like a teenager i liked mother's milk that was my the album and i liked blood sugar sex, sex magic but i, mean, I like I, the spaghetti incident it's guns and roses and actually there's a <laughs> that's a that's a good guns and roses album it's all punk covers yeah i know but um the one thing about the Red Chili Peppers is that they basically, their early stuff, they were trying to be Fishbone. Right. Blatantly or trying to be Gang of Four. They were blatantly trying to be, they have a song about Fishbone that has samples from Fishbone Records about how great Fishbone is. You know, the, the other day I was in a... And Fishbone is amazing. And the other day I was in a, gr- I was in a group of people where like I brought up Fishbone yeah. and they all started making fun of me for liking Fishbone. What? Yeah. Fishbone you your is friends? universally should be like... They were, I get, I get, I thought they were my friends. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. But like that's I don't know it's weird. It's like, have you seen that Fishbone documentary? Yeah, it's amazing. It's great. I haven't seen it. Where did you see it? I uh, I illegally got uh, U.S. Netflix briefly on my, oh, yeah. on my phone. I tried to download it. You watched it on your phone. I watched it on my phone. Okay, I couldn't get it on the TV because I, we have, we could anyway. Okay. Uh, it's really worth seeing. I would recommend yeah, it. I, really I, I need to see. find What's it. it called again? It's called Everyday Sunshine. Right. And uh, it's interesting because the one guy who went crazy and joined a cult and stuff and like uh, yeah. all that stuff in there. Um, but I think that the thing that sucks a lot about the Red Hot Chili Peppers is that I think Fishbone was always a better band, and they the Chili Peppers were clearly Fishbone like they loved Fishbone. They were copying them like almost. even their stage show. Yeah, exactly. And they they yeah. played a lot, open for them a lot and stuff, and they were just blatantly copying them. And then they end up getting famous, and Fishbone is still I'm doing this. Yeah, and that's a lot of the stuff in the documentary. Is just kind of like we missed out for whatever reason, you know. And a Fishbone, I, I I mean, I've listened to Fishbone probably steadily like since I was like fourteen. You know, I still love Fishbone. They're great. I mean, they're a great band, and Chili Peppers not so much. Mm, it's and a different thing. Yeah, it's too bad that the one band that should have been famous didn't, and then the one that was. Yeah, that's- I don't know. It's just, I guess... Sometimes it's good when someone stays at a certain level, though, as well. Well, for for the listener, but maybe not for the band. I'm talking about for the listener, No, I'd like to see, I mean, if anyone, you know, those guys have been around since the, like, the 80s, or early 80s, Fishbowl, like, they could use some money, you know? (laughs) Like, you just, you're just watching the documentary, it seems like they're really frustrated by the Uh, fact that they didn't, because they always seem like they're on the verge of making they're probably oh, still yeah. playing gigs. Because they are still playing the pyramid people. or whatever, right? Like, yeah. you know, that kind of size places. And it's Fishbone. Like, they should be, you know, in my opinion, they should be playing... Playing like, MTS Center. MTS Center. They, they, they're good enough that, I mean, even now when there's not the same lineup, still, they, they should be I playing. Would, yeah, like, if... if uh, They've been here and if, I've missed them. And I've, if, I've, we, if we voted in a government whose, like, only prerogative was to burn all Red Hot Chili Peppers records, yeah. I'd feel okay about that. Yeah. You know, but... Um, not Fishbone. Yeah, like, but there'd be more room for Fishbone, hopefully, if that happened. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's good that uh, Fishbone is still around and still making... I think Fishbone's later records, more recent records, are better than the Chili Peppers ones still. So at least they haven't, like, given up, you know? Like, I mean, the one that copied them became the famous one, but they're still plugging away and doing cool stuff, so... All right. Anyway, the one thing I wanted, to, last other thing I wanted to say about Frusciante was I remember um, he was in Toronto. It was on Much Music back in the whenever Californication came out, and there was a big hype about it. He, they were interviewing them outside. There's all these fans interviewing them. Oh questions. yeah, I remember. Someone that. asked Frusciante something about drugs, and he said, "I don't remember the quote exactly, but it was essentially like, yeah, drugs weren't actually all that bad. They gave me some good ideas. Like, you know, you shouldn't necessarily not do them to an audience full of kids." <laughs> right. fairly controversial yeah he like, uh, I think he got in some trouble for that from like uh, yeah it's weird because he's totally gone the other way with like you know he's into like you know yoga eating raw foods I, I don't think like, like you played from that guy before like you can be into drugs and yoga 
Yeah, Ganja Sufi, right? That guy's <laughs> yeah. clearly in the drugs. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's, he's not, he's very unapologetic about having just gone. Yeah, you it's know, a weird it's, attitude. I mean, like, I, I guess, I, I don't guess know. it's not that weird. I Why mean, not? Yeah. I don't, I don't see A lot problem. of people are super, super, like, penitent about it almost, like, you know, like, right. when they when they get clean. I don't know, I don't know if Steve, Yeah, like, it's a big mistake. Don't yeah. even, yeah, don't even doubt I don't it. think Steve Earle necessarily is. I think he's another one. I mean, he sings about it pretty frankly, even now. Like, well, there's got to be a reason you got into drugs in the first place. Yeah. Right, yeah. Especially, like, when you're a musician and using it for creativity, I think it could take you to a lot of places. Not to say that, like, I think creative people are creative people, and yeah. and you're going to be creative no matter what, but it will definitely influence your creativity, yeah. you know? I think, it, I do think, that, like, what I said before, though, like, I think it's mistakenly attributed to a lot of people. Mm, right. People will think, like, Jimi Hendrix, for example, right? Obviously, the guy did a lot of drugs. People are going to assume that certain songs are like, oh, it's because he was on acid. Or, but it's, you know, it's because he was had good ideas like it's, but the, he he maybe would have not made the music oh, he made sure. he probably would have still been a virtuoso not probably he definitely would have been but it still, would have been a different style yeah 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 but i mean yeah it's, it's kind of i almost think when you're giving credit to the someone being on drugs you're taking the credit away from them personally yeah and you're just saying oh it's because of this it's like when people uh it's like you take away like the 16 and or the, uh, whatever, like they, six hours a day he was practicing guitar. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, you, sk- you skip all that and just say, oh, yeah, he was on acid. And it's yeah. like, well, yeah, that influenced a lot of what he was doing for sure. But, like, it's not, Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so I got the last song. I think we have, no, I John's got another one, I too. I got another one. I played mine, I guess, earlier on, I guess. So I got, oh, okay, uh, weird. So we switched the order a little bit. So what do, what do you got next? Up? Okay, so uh, I actually said earlier that I wasn't going to play any rap songs because there's too many rap songs about drugs. Yeah. But my next song is a rap song. Okay. It's uh, Boogie Down Productions, and the song's called Beef. Yeah. And it's another creative choice Ooh. because uh, the yeah. song's actually about why Karis One's vegetarian and why he doesn't eat beef. What album is that from? I think I. It's. Oh, fuck. What is it from? Uh, it's not from the Blueprint. It's from uh, Edu- Edutainment. I have that, yeah. 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 And, That's uh, why it sounds familiar. The tape. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great, great record. Every, every BDP record is great. Yeah. Like, even Sex and Violence, the worst one, is still an amazing record. Like,. If anyone out there hasn't listened to Boogie Down Productions, I don't even care if you like rap. Like, Get on listen it. to it. So. That's worth hearing, yeah. At least just to... Yeah, it's... it's amazing, like, you know... But whatever, I don't need to get into that. No. Uh, so the song Beef is, um, again, about how he's a vegetarian. And the reason I used it for the uh, theme of drugs is because the reason he's a vegetarian, or at least according to the song, is because um all the drugs that they pump into beef so he's talking about how when you buy a steak from the supermarket you're not just eating a steak you're eating all the drugs that they've put into it before it reaches your plate i I think just uh i mean i haven't listened to the song in a while i do have the album but um just to go back to a few songs earlier we're talking about um i realize i'm making hand motions that you can't see on the radio but But um, you can hear them you can hear them yeah it's like you you hear the air move a little bit um we should add like kung fu effects to that (laughs) anyway like uh going back to the the strife kind of stuff we're talking about the straight edge and the preachiness i don't necessarily think this song is preachy about you need to be a vegetarian it's kind of like the thing with the minor threat song where it's this is why i do this which is which is i mean you know karis one is like a really um righteous dude you know like i don't think he's he's gonna tell anyone what to do and like yeah he smokes weed and stuff but He's like Karis, he's gonna he's gonna tell you this is what I do and these are good reasons. These are the reasons for, for it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like Karis uh, one is such a such a treasure. Like he's uh, he's such a hero of mine. Like yeah. he's he's so on point about everything. Like because there, there's even these uh, 
you know the beef DVDs? Yeah, like, I've seen a few of those, yeah. About, like, uh, rat beef. Yeah, he's not... always in there being interviewed and stuff. And, and he's always so, like, uh, willing to admit he was wrong. Like, yeah. Uh, like, when he talks about uh, him, the beef between him and MC Shan, which is how he first got his jump off, is uh, um, when MC Shan came out with the song about Queensbridge, and he was, like, he came out with the a song called... Well, he came out with South Bronx first, right, and right, then right. the bridge is over. But, you know, he's, like, he's talking about how... All the people he was dissing on that record had nothing to do with it, and like in the beef, yeah. in the beef movies, he's like, I don't even know what I was talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, he's like, he always seems very animated too in interviews. Like, he's yeah. just like, and the, and the, like more recently, he had that beef with Nelly where he, he was did? coming, <laughs> yeah, he was coming down on Nelly, and then Nelly was like, "Fuck you, Karis one," because Nelly's a fucking terrible person. Yeah, and. uh you know, Karis one was even like jovial in those conversations. Yeah. Like when that was a like, current, he was like, "Whatever." Like, you know, like. Well, he, how does Nelly even remotely think he can like criticize a guy like that? Nelly. I mean, it, yeah, it's right. It's like, like ignorant. Yeah, really, really yeah. ignorant. Almost um, as ignorant as wearing a bandaid on your face when you don't need it. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> I think. I think the thing to do when Karis one uh, disses you is just to be like, "Sorry, thanks. Can you yeah. teach me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What have I done yeah, wrong? Yeah, like, exactly, can you yeah, teach yeah. me? Do you have a book about it? Like, yeah, like." <laughs> Yeah. Can I, you know, can we hang yeah. out for like yeah. a week and like maybe just I can learn from you? Yeah. Um, yeah, like if Karis won't even said my name, I'd probably just like, uh, I'd be completely killed myself. <laughs> that'd, that'd be the yeah. end of it. Yeah. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Have you seen that um, Ice-T documentary that he did? No, I haven't, but uh, I really, I watched really, part really of it. I haven't finished it. watching it. It's, it's actually on Netflix now, but I downloaded it a while ago. I started watching it. It was cool. When I saw it, I, was, I just I've thought, heard it's really great. It's just, it's... What, what's it called again? Uh, just the art of rap, I think it's called. Right, yeah, yeah. And it basically, like, the, there's no. Um, it's kind of a weird documentary to get into because there's not really a plot or a storyline. It's just this is Ice T just talking to guys, and like he just finds old guys, like you know, his, his kind of generation. Do you ever, have you seen Ice T, like Ice T and Coco? Yeah, they're ridiculous. As much as I hate Coco, and like I think it's really disgusting to have a reality show, and it like yeah. pains me that like Flavor Flav has a reality show. <laughs> I kind of haven't lost any respect for Ice T. Like no. he's kind of like still Ice T in it. Like yeah. he he kind of hasn't like played himself at all. Yeah. And like, do you see that uh, when Ice T was at the University of Manitoba? I didn't often? see it. No, I was at work. It's, this is super off topic. When did that happen? I, I wanted to go. I remember you went, right? Oh, of course yeah. they did. Ice T. Yeah. yeah, and he was just like, uh, he was like when he first got the offer to play a cop on TV on the yeah. show he's on, and like he was worried about whether or not he should do it, and he, he's like. Uh, He's like, so I went to see my, like, homeboy in jail who's, like, in jail for murder. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, man, like, I don't know, am I a sellout? Should I do this? And the guy yeah. was like, yo, Ice-T, can you get me a part on the show? And yeah. And then he, then he knew, he's like, ah, oh, fuck yeah. it. You know, yeah, of course I should. Yeah. Well, the yeah. thing I like about his documentary, and I, I, I honestly haven't seen all of it. I started watching it, and I wanted to finish it, but, um, is it's just super, like, I mean, it's almost like they don't care that you don't know the backstory. It's just like, I'm going to sit down with my friend and talk about rap. Right. And it's not about, like, um, this guy is notable in rap because it's just like... Oh, like, here's him with this is what rap, Q-tip or whatever. This is us just talking about rap back and forth. And, like, sometimes people freestyle. Sometimes they'll just be like, hey, you remember this single from, like, 1976 that we liked? And they're just like, oh, yeah, it was awesome. And the, the viewer has absolutely no clue what they're talking about cool. usually, right? But That's it's just... Good, it, I, like I really that. like the, yeah. uh, the... It's really appealing because... Very honest. And Ice-T was, like, actually... 
despite whatever people want to think, like he was actually one of the realest people out there. Like he was in the military yeah. for a long time, and then when he came back from the military, he like I think it was like the day after he came home from the military, he robbed a bank, yeah, and he crazy. was like he went on a robbing bank spree. Yeah. And then he be, and then like when he, he got break signed for a while, wasn't he first before he was a uh, could have been. I don't, I'm not sure, sure about that. But then like when he got signed, he went to like whatever major label signed him and. And they're like, okay, well, like, show us your demos. And he was like, no, yeah. you either want me or you don't. Yeah. And they <laughs> wow. signed him without yeah. hearing a song. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, I'm starting to like his team. You know, I have, I have no idea. I have a bunch huh. of his tapes, and like, it's not my—he's not my favorite rapper, but I do like him. I mean, I, I love him. He's—he's he's amazing. I, I actually like him on that show. I don't haven't watched it in a long time, but I used to be on one of the two channels I got on TV. Yeah, I like I, and I, I, I can, you know. I, I'd be happy if uh, every everyone who worked at that station died, but um, yeah. <laughs> but I like I like Ice T, and I don't think he plays himself on that show. No, he plays. He's actually a good yeah. actor. He's actually he's, he's not good. Like by playing himself, I, I think like I mean like I don't think he's exploiting himself. No, like no. Flavor Flay, for example. Yeah, which is heartbreaking. Yes, yeah, sad. So what song am I playing? Oh yeah, Beef. Yeah. Beef. Beef. Yeah, BDP. Beef. BDP. All right, drugs. This product cease. This is another public service announcement. You can believe it or you can doubt it. Let us begin now with the cow. The way it gets to your plate and how. The cow doesn't grow fast enough for man. So through his greed, he makes a faster plan. He has drugs to make the cow grow quicker. Through the stress, the cow gets sicker. 21 different drugs are pumped into the cow in one big lump. So just before it dies, Cries in the slaughterhouse full of germs and flies Off with the head, they pack it, drain it, and cart it And there it is in your local supermarket Red and bloody, a corpse neatly packed And you wonder about heart attacks? Come on now, man, let's be for real You are what you eat is the way I feel But the Food and Drug Administration Will tell you meat is the perfect combination See, cows live under fear and stress Trying to think what's gonna happen next Fear and stress can become a part of you in your cells and blood, this is true So when the cow is killed, believe it You preserve those cells, you freeze it Thaw it out with the blood and season it Then you sit down and begin eating it In your body, its structure becomes your structure All the fear and stress of another Any drug is addicted by any name Even drugs in meat, they are the same The FDA has America strung out On drugs and beef, no doubt So if you think that what I say is a bunch of crap Tell yourself you're gonna try and stop eating meat and you'll see you can't compete it's the number one drug on the street not crack because that was made for just black but ground beef for all american teeth life brings life death brings death keep on eating the dead and what's left absolute disease and negative read the book how to eat to live by elijah muhammad it's a brown paperback for anybody either white or black see how many cows must be pumped up fatter how many rats gotta fall in the batter how many chickens that eat shit you eat how much high blood pressure you get from pig feet see you'll consume the fda can care less they'll sell you donkey meat and say it's fresh by uh, Boogie Down Productions off the Edutainment album. Uh, I don't know what year, like 90, was it like 1990? Probably something like that. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can dig up the tape. It's actually right, no, that's Ice Cube. Um, but I'll type, I'll it's, a, it's around then anyways. 
Um, yeah, I saw Karis one uh, recently in Winnipeg. Whoa, when was that? Uh, it wasn't too long ago, I guess. Maybe a year ago. I don't. I don't remember. But it was. Uh, th the sound was bad. He played. Oh. He played at. He played at a, a venue that I wish he hadn't played at. What was it? I don't want to mention it because I don't want to badmouth the venue. Okay. But he shouldn't have played that venue. He should have played the Pyramid or something. But uh, was it one of those dancey bar dance bar? I, kind of it was. Yeah, yes. It was a dance bar. Uh, but should be banished from the earth. Right. I agree. Um, there's Sorry. actually a lot of shows that come through and go to that venue or venues like it, yeah. and I just don't go because of the venue. But regardless, like he still came out and he was just jumping around stage and controlling it like yeah. he was like young KRS. Like it was just so great. Like I love that. I love how, yeah, how old would KRS one be now? He's in his late forties, probably, wouldn't he? That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, I mean maybe yeah. Hmm. I don't think he's fifty yet, but because what was like the first. The first BDP single was like 86. 87 or something? Or... Yeah, that, and that one was 90. That was 90? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be old. Yeah. He's good, though. That was a good song. Um, I like how you chose something that wasn't just straight up, obviously, about drugs. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was good. Well, and... like I said, because there's so many rap songs about drugs, I didn't want to just do... Because how, how do you choose? There's... Yeah. Um... Just, uh, I mean, I, this isn't really related, but just out of curiosity, like, I mean, you know, I listen to that song. I don't even meet... To me, it's like, oh yeah, you know. But like, for meat that... eaters, yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm not, obviously, it's not making you change your me, diet, and you, you shouldn't have to. But I'm just wondering what I, you think about for, it. For me personally, the the evidence is piling up more and more to the point where I think, um, for one thing, I don't. I would I would happen to agree that I don't think it's ethical to eat meat. Yeah. I also don't think it's healthy to eat meat. But on the same, at the same, on the same token, like I also, I think it would be hard for me to be healthy and not eat meat. I think, yeah. Well, I think the difference, right? I mean, I, I've never eaten meat, right? I grew up without it, so for me, it's different. I can't imagine, I can't tell yeah, someone yeah. they should stop eating meat because it would be like me starting, right? It's like a complete change in what your, what your diet yeah. is. So it's a little different. So I mean, it's easy for me to say, oh yeah, it's easy to and, eat. Yeah, and for me, the older I get, the more, the more plausible. Um, me going vegetarian yeah. I see and I don't think I'll ever go vegetarian but I can see myself because I actually eat a lot less red meat than I used to yeah. um, I still like I like steak yeah. and I think every once in a while I'll still want a steak uh, and a hamburger yeah um, but I see I could I, I see myself in the future going less and less as a meat eater I think I'll always eat fish because it, I think it's a good way to get protein and yeah. fish is healthy and and I I like to believe. I don't know for a fact, but I like I like to believe that fish are maybe treated more ethically, or maybe they're they're too stupid to. For I've it never to visited a fish market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I forget every. But you know the way the seconds. way the the way the fish markets in Canada are going. Who knows if there will even be something available yeah. in twenty. Well, years. I'm not. I'm not trying to um, like you know. I'm just curious. Yeah. No. I th I think I like the idea of knowing where your, where your food comes yeah. from. Uh, yeah. Because you can always push these things to like such an extreme degree. Yeah. Like as far as like eating well and unhealthy yeah uh but we live in a part of the country where you can literally go and see where your food comes from oh, if you sure. want yeah, to yeah, and so yeah. uh you know ideally that's kind of where i would balance out yeah like cool. is seeing where it's coming from and knowing 100 100 yeah. my my own uh, bro. Diet, yeah. but yeah like i i agree with every, i agree with everything he says in that song yeah but um i i do still eat beef and, uh, <laughs> yeah before we came to the podcast we had a hamburger. We, we had, had a hamburger. Huh? It was delicious. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's just uh, just just curious. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it tastes like. I'm not. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have the the, you know. I think I don't like quit anything. Yeah, like I think I I do want to be more ethical in my choices and uh, also healthier in my choices. For those who uh, don't know the history, um, in junior high school we tried to put. I think a piece of chicken in an Oreo. into an Oreo. Yeah, and feed it, feed I had it nothing to do. With no, that. it was him and Jesse to, to Sam you and guys uh, fucking assholes. It didn't. It didn't. No, work. it was obvious. There's a piece of turkey. Yeah, no, it was Oreo. more for the. It was ridiculous. Like there's this big piece of. But meat you know what though? I mean, Oreo. that's something that like I know this is off topic, but people, you know, extended version. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like Indeed. I, it's actually really easy now. Now it's not a big deal because every single restaurant has somewhere you can something I can eat. It's so and much you, easier, and I don't even need dairy. Even anymore. to the point where there's a lot of. Uh, restaurants where you can't even get a good oh, meat, meat dish. I know, and I, I mean, I, I, I'm even more restricted diet because I, I'm, I don't eat dairy anymore either, right? Mm. And like, because um, you're lactose, because I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, mm. so I'm lactose intolerant and vegetarian, so it's hard. I mean, but in the '80s when I was a kid, it was super hard to be vegetarian because Did you just go to Mondragon and hate the fact that you have to, like, have to go to Mondragon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't go there. No, I make a lot of food at home actually, a lot of curries and stuff. But um, I don't know what I was going to get. Oh yeah, it's just like. Um, I mean, now it's super easy for people to do it, which I think is why you're seeing more, more and more people. Actually, I mean, if you wanted to do it tomorrow, you could probably successfully. But the problem is, in terms of health stuff, it's really, really easy for people to be junk food vegetarians. Oh yeah. And that's why you see right. vegans who are like uh, overweight or whatever and stuff because, mm. like, it's. I mean, when I moved to when I moved to the country when I was yeah. living in Verdun, right? I'd lived at my parents' house before. That was my first time moving out of the house. I gained a bunch of weight because I was living in a. Like, uh, you know, a community, area, that we, yeah. community where there's like beef farmers everywhere. So yeah. all, all the, all the, there wasn't like exactly a lot of vegan options or vegetarian options at the supermarket, the one supermarket there. So I ate like just crappy food all the time, and, and you're boozing really hard out there too. Well, yeah, more than I do. Well, he's a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Drinking boxes of wine and stuff, right? So Drugs. and I think the more, the more, like I, I think it's probably like the the beef industry or whatever is getting a lot worse, and there's also a lot more knowledge out there about it. Like. Yeah. It's like those those people who are just like oh like don't tell me what to do like I can eat meat when I want to I can drive an SUV if I want to it's like well you can but yeah you're an asshole <laughs> you know what? I think that um I uh, like kind of going to the extreme stuff we're talking about with the straight edge and all that all before and even like yeah I, the one group of people that piss me off the most of anything like that is those like uh, PETA hmm. I can't stand them I think they're just huge assholes you know what I and I agree with them I'm on general. I, oh, the overall issue of like not eating animals. I totally agree with them, but I just think they're dicks about it. And I think that they. And I think I like. I have a problem with their. I, I find them. Um, I find them to be like hypocritical, because uh, one one thing they've started doing over recent years is uh, selling uh, vegetarianism or veganism or like um, not wearing animal furs. Yep. They tried. They try to sell it with sex. Yep. Which I find is super right, is yeah. super manipulative. It is, yeah. yeah. Just as manipulative as a McDonald's commercial is. And it's like, that's one thing I hate over almost anything. It's trying to manipulate me into doing something. Like, yep. And like, they're really bad I, if If I become a vegetarian, it'll be it'll be health reasons and it'll be ethical reasons. Yeah. It won't because it be because it's sexy. It won't be yeah. it won't be because I'm trying to get laid. And like, that's why you get people yeah. doing it for like a week and then they like they make a big deal about it. And those yeah. are the loudest like biggest jerks about it because they're like yeah. they decide they've just it's a new lifestyle and they quit after a week because they can't do it. But the one thing that bugged me the most about those guys that I mean I was always annoyed when I see them on TV in the animal costumes like harassing people on the street. But the one thing that put me over the edge with them is when they started doing that milk thing where they would go and try and get, like, give stuff to kids. 
about why they shouldn't drink milk. And like, I'm a parent, right? If someone came into my, I mean, if someone, my kid came home from school, she's not, she's not school age yet, but if she came home from school and like, yeah, this activist group came in here and gave me this thing telling me I shouldn't do whatever it is that our family has been doing for her whole life, you know? Like, she right. drinks milk. If someone came, I don't do it, but if someone came in, if she, she brought something home from school saying, yeah, these guys gave me this pamphlet saying milk I shouldn't drink bad. milk. No, <laughs> like, who are you to tell my kid? Yeah. They shouldn't drink milk. The activists should go be, be going to you. They should be going to me kid. and saying, "This is why you should feed your kids." Because your kid's not at a point where, he, where she decisions. can make a rational exactly. decision. Exactly, right? and it's like that is the sleaziest yeah. way to go about getting people. Do you know what I mean? Like, or the uh, recycling people get them out of schools while we're at it. <laughs> Green. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think anybody should be Green Team. Do you remember? Do you remember when like uh, you wouldn't remember because you didn't go to our elementary no, school? But there was like this was one, of those, the one of those puppet troops. They came to our elementary school. Was it about recycling? Is that what I'm thinking I, about? I don't remember. It was about a bunch of things, but one of the guys was blind. Yeah. Oh. And I remember... I remember seeing him. I'm harassed. <laughs> is that a joke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing him. Sorry. Get the fuck out of here. All right. That was terrible. That was really bad, yeah? Drugs. I don't even want to finish this Good. story. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say that, like, for... Um, <laughs> he just keeps going. <laughs> Good. Yeah, because I agree, I agree with what you said about... <laughs> you know, selling things to kids yeah. and uh, using sexiness is bad too. But for groups like that, I think they have to. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> they wait a second. They go to extremes to um, so to get their voice heard. Yeah. You know, if you're just presenting like a moderate message, then not as many people are going to notice it. You're, you're the people who agree with you might already be listening. But it, it's so it's so hard though. It's like when. Just it's like when you get those Christians who believe that their job as a Christian is to make other people Christians. It's because they save you because they're doing a good thing for you, right? Yeah, and and it's like f- when you come to when it comes to environmentalism or like uh, vegetarianism, I can see why you might think that more so because you're trying to save the world. Yeah, save animals and stuff. Yeah, sure. And it, like it pisses me off when you like even when I'm driving down the street and I see someone in like a Range Rover, I'm like. So, I drive a Jeep. Yeah, and it's like, you my, my parents, like, my parents recently bought an SUV, and, yeah. like, they had to, like, break it to my sisters, because, oh, yeah. like, my, how mad my sisters yeah. would get. But it's like, I mean, convenience over responsibility. It's... Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I guess it's, it depends on, too. I mean, you could have someone who has, like, five kids, and they have a giant vehicle, because they have five, you don't know that, right? Like, I mean... You look at a, you see the thing driving by. Oh, look at that asshole driving an SUV. You don't know what their, what the story is. Like, One of my favorite things to do though is judge other people. So I don't, because so, it's like when <laughs> yeah, I'm not, when I'm not in. judging other people, I'm just hating myself. Right, right. So, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. it's just like a light in my day. Yeah, <laughs> brings up your yeah. All right, brings up your morning. Speaking about a light in the day, let's play the last song. Does it have anything to do with a light in the day? It's called Sound and Vision. We don't need to listen to this shit. Is it David Bowie. It's a David Bowie song from. Uh, <laughs> It's Rob's third favorite artist after KRS One and uh, Yeah, I don't know about that. Is that true? No. Uh, this is off the the low album, which is the first of the. It's a really good album. Yeah. Well, I was no, re-listening. Really it is. There's no no. Um. Well. It's no, the first it, of the. The um, two is incredible. Br- yeah, it's in. Yeah, first of the Berlin trilogy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This was um. This only factors into the. <laughs> It's only factors into the drug thing because it was. Um, I think he had quit cocaine at this point, actually. 
Did Brian Eno produce this record? Yeah. He's one of the producers, but I don't think he had as much to is do this, with it as is this the one other of the, Is this one of the Brian Eno records that he produced after he stole all that shit from Cluster? Yeah, although it's not he's not as influential on this one as he is on some of the other ones from this period. Oh, nice, you got it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's what I was saying. Okay. We're Sazwa. Yeah, this is the spelling of the name. <laughs> That's why oh, I was laughing at. <laughs> I'm going to Poland. Yeah, you should, uh, I don't know... Write that word out a bunch of times. Yeah, so, uh, and like learn how to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, so, I understand how influential David Bowie is. Yeah. And there are, I think the only David Bowie, there's two David Bowie songs that I like Fame and yep. uh, Major Tom. And I, I've tried multiple times to get into David Bowie. And this record specifically, even recently, I've tried to get into really? because. I know how influential this Side record two. in particular is. That too. Yeah. I like the first four tracks as well. Like Even two. like Worse Azwa, <laughs> yeah. I try to get into. Yeah. Um, no, I, I oh. found. Yeah, no, I was listening to this. I was re listening to Side 2 today. Yeah. And I really like it. It really. Uh, I do too, but which one is it? Because. You know, I don't. I just, I just put yeah, it, it is Worse Azwa. Worse Azwa. Where I really like. I like the idea, and it makes sense that it's drawn out as long as it is, but it does go on for, you know, it's like, yeah. it goes on for a long time. It's not something that I would listen to casually For sure, yeah. very often. The thing I find about music, especially lately, is that I will listen to a, an album in my iPod, in my iPod earphones, yeah. and not like it, but then I'll hear it on decent speakers and yeah. be like, holy shit, I There's a lot more going this on, is maybe. great. Yeah, yeah. I think iPod oh, yeah. earphones should be all burned with Snipped, the Red Hot yeah. Chili Peppers records. <laughs> Put it on the platform, Rob. Yeah, yeah. What else are we throwing on there? Uh, fuck so much. John's scarf. <laughs> My scarf is ill. You're <coughs> yeah, still I wearing gotta say, yours. John, your like, scarf is like. Oh, and you haven't taken it off since we got it. It's, it's like cold the, down here. He was wearing gloves for the first half of this podcast. Um, <laughs> 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 we're inside a house. Uh, <laughs> your scarf is like one of those ones that they have. You know. Have you seen that, like, Cube. Super Dogs show, you know, where they have the dog? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I'm not. They shoot balls and the dogs, they all have these, like, colorful, uh, bananas. I your, no your scarf looks like MIA. This is MIA not <laughs> MIA designed it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she did. Looks like an MIA art piece before yeah. she became, uh, such an influential indie rock musician. Where it's just a print of the same thing all over the place millions of times with yeah. neon colors, yeah. And it represents... I'm sure it keeps your face warm, which is the, uh, right, the, the object. my neck warm. Right, but you—it's you, not cold in for next. It's, right now. it's freezing in here. So I mean, you have such a—you have a beard, though. Are you trying to keep your cheeks warm? It's down here. <laughs> Neck. What do you do with your eyes? Keep your eyes warm. Your eyes icy steel. Icy steel. John, you got uh, LASIK surgery. Did you do that? Yeah, you yeah. got LASIK. Holy crap! You're—I wouldn't do that. I got bad eyes. I have no way. Yeah, I got it done ever. in Korea too. It was weird. You're crazy. I wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, I, you, did you have a problem wearing glasses or just convenience thing? Yeah, no, I preferred wearing... <laughs> he thought he looked too nerdy. He was trying I to pick up wearing, more girls. Oh, I preferred wearing looks? contacts. And really? Yeah, I, just, I, don't, I can't wear I contacts. Like doing it. I have like some kind of thing with my eyes I can't wear them. Yeah. But, um... Anyway, David Bowie. Uh, this is a good album. <laughs> it is. Uh, I like it. It's, um... I like this song. This song has like an extended uh, intro, which... I don't know. I like songs that do something a little out of the ordinary and... The song writing credit, Bowie Eno. Yeah, the song goes has like an extended intro before it actually kicks off, and this, then this is about a minute of actual singing. Apparently, this is the record that really influenced Joy Division too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. In that book, huh. they talk about that. Yeah. 
Okay. Which is actually why I pulled this when I first read that book. I had um, I have a pretty big collection of David Bowie records that were my dad's, and he stopped listening to records and he gave them to me like when I was a lot, a lot younger. And I really only listened to a couple of them a lot, like I listened to Young Americans and Heroes and um, uh, Ziggy Stardust a lot. But the other ones, and there's a few in there that I've only listened to maybe once or twice ever, but I keep because I know I like a lot of his stuff, and I should... This is one that I kind of dug out again after reading that book. I know that book's kind of influenced a lot of stuff on the show here, which is cool. Um, it's a, it's an amazing yeah, book. Yeah, it's a really interesting book, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is one that I've really kind of grown to like this more recently, since I kind of read a bit more about it. Because it was just one of these other ones that, you know, I'm looking at the back of the songs. I only know a couple of these tracks, the ones I've and heard. And there are, well, you know, as I was saying, like, yeah, there are a couple that I don't need to hear can anyone explain to me why it was okay for bowie to dress up like a nazi because it wasn't okay right but it's like why does he get a pass he doesn't get a pass though i mean i know you mean if someone did it today they'd be hearing about it the rest of their career and everyone just says like even like prince harry did it and we don't stop talking about it yeah but it's like for bowie it's just like oh he's bowie's like progressive we don't get it so we don't want to talk about it because we can't defend our views i think just uh, that he bit dressed up like a nazi so did what's his uh keith moon though from the, the who did that and, and I, so did tons of punk bands though that yeah. was a thing though like i mean it in, the time in, you know, it's a thing in england but like it's messed up for sure like extremely messed up but i think it's just the thing that was like this counterculture thing back then mm. like, look how shocking i am whereas mm. i think now if someone did it it's kind of like Mm, yeah. But why was why was it okay? Why was it pro- why okay. was it considered progressive? Like I know how like a, like the thing is like a lot of punk bands dressed up as like dictators and, and totalitarianism to shock people. And that's that's okay, fine. Just explore yourself. Maybe like look into Marxism and socialism. Well, because they're eighteen but, and stupid, so they. But, just, but Nazis are completely different. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing to yeah, not cool. Be- because like even. Stalin, as terrible as Stalin was, he wasn't picking on people because they were Jewish. He was picking on people because they were uh, disagreed with him. <laughs> Have you seen that picture of the mugshot of Stalin? No. Okay, no. there's this mugshot. <laughs> I gotta look. I gotta find it for you. But when I'm listening to the song, I'll find it for you. But I've seen this on the internet recently, and Stalin, when he was young, he's in his twenties or whatever, uh, probably not too far off from our age. He got whatever he got caught for. He took his mugshot. And he's wearing a scarf and he has his beard and stuff. And he looks exactly like a hipster. Like a 2012 <laughs> hipster. Seriously, if you put that picture on like an American Apparel ad or something, no one would know the difference. I'm not even joking. And it's Stalin. Original I mean, it's hipster. clearly Stalin when you look at it. Because, oh yeah, I can see how that's... But So Russia obviously knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah, ahead of its time. <laughs> well, of course they did. Everything's ahead. It's like, it's just like every hipster probably reads The Idiot, right? Yeah. Every hipster has a, probably a set list of checklist of things that they don't realize they're doing, but like, yeah, yeah. subconsciously yeah. have to check yeah. off. Um, what's our next episode? Oh yeah, is next it... week we're going to be doing uh, a theme is going to be. Um... Why don't you finish this one? Like, well, we, we always we'll, we'll, then we can just end with a song, right? So we'll just we'll okay, just do yeah. the kind of like here's the end of the show. This is what we're going to do, and then we don't have to actually listen to the song. We can just add it afterwards. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. We do the song. I um, want to. Uh, <laughs> No, after, after after we play this Bowie song, it's the end of this one, and you can uh, get all of our episodes on witchpolice.blogspot.com for free. You can stream them, download them. There's lots of music on there, um, mainly from Winnipeg artists, all for free. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing a theme of New York, which, uh, again, kind of goes along the lines of this one or two word themes. Um, yeah, it's the New York theme next week, and then uh, the week after that, it's going to be Police is the theme, so... No connection between the two, or drugs, or anything else. But um, stay tuned for that. And yeah, witchpolice.blogspot.com. 
Witch Police Radio. And this is David Bowie from Low. Sound and Vision. All right. See you later. Drugs. Thank you.